You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. You're always happening, Rush Nation. It's your boy Stocks. The competition is Christmas. We're running one again. Don't forget to tweet today's show tweet. DM us the hashtag, and fingers crossed you win it. That's the rules. Get involved. everyone scott hansen here from nfl red zone i hope you're checking out one hour of five yard rush one of the best podcasts on nfl football in the uk snow is falling all around me merry christmas rush nation in fact Murph, merry christmas to you big man how's your 25th looking merry christmas mate um i'll be honest i've just woken up <laughs> yeah it's pretty early I it's pretty you, early in the morning well, I say I just wake up actually with the boy. I've been up a couple of hours, but no, it's it's ace. Um, this is a, an extra special Christmas for me. Um, I've spoken a number of times that I'm not a big Christmas lover, and I saw you on on Sunday. We sported Christmas jumpers um, together as we went for coffee and breakfast, and we the little ones came and everything, and the wives in tail. It was, yeah, I, I definitely got the this Christmas spirit a little bit more this year than normal with uh, with Milo in tow. And, um, it means a lot to me as well because Christmas is my favourite time of the year. So for one of my best mates to be getting into it finally is, is good for me as well because, yeah, my little one's second Christmas. The first one, he was, well, three months old, so it wasn't really relevant for him. But this year, he's he knows what presents are now because our bedroom is full of them because we can't have them under the tree. So well done, <laughs> H.E. But, <laughs> yeah, I imagine once he tears into those in a little bit, it's going to be absolute bedlam around here. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, with Milo, we do a Christmas Eve box. So he's had a number of gifts last night. Um, it's a little tradition that um, we're liking to start um just sort of do some presents on christmas eve and because he's going to get so much stuff on christmas day and boxing day from everyone else like i just want him to so i even though he's not going to really know what's going on it's just a nice little tradition we're going to do every year yeah 100 percent. i remember when i grew up my family used to give us our main present on christmas day and then we used to get one of the smaller presents every day between christmas and new year until they ran out yeah, and that's, so, that's that's a lovely way of doing it. Um, but you can tell I've got into the, the spirit of Christmas because I um, sent a picture out on social media. of It's the same picture I sent you of my son earlier with his cheeky smile and fingers in the air and then just put, it's Christmas with three Christmas tree emojis, um, which is very unlike me to use emojis in posts or to talk about Christmas in a positive light. So there you go, gone full yeah. circle. I mean, I mean. To be fair, the picture you sent me was your son in the onesie with his fingers in the air. But you put the face you pull win a fantasy championship, <laughs> which is also true. Basically, that that face is just sheer joy, um, which is amazing. Yeah, let's let's not talk about fantasy championships, Murph, because once again we played each other and you won them both. So congratulations. Thanks, mate. Um, you know they're they're hollow victories in the sense of it's lovely to win. And you know me, I like to win titles, but to to beat your mate is is fun. But also at the same point, it's it's you almost wish it was someone else in in some ways. Um, but I I guess in I in, don't know, I don't know because for the benefit of the podcast, I'd rather play you in the final because then the podcast wins it. That's true. Um, yeah, we did playing two, and um, yeah, there wasn't. I, I guess I got lucky with one of them with Barkley tearing tearing one off and yeah well one, one one was a fight and the other one i just got stick you know you had more projected you had more points than i was projected in our other one before any one of my players had kicked off <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't it wasn't pretty but that listen, was an absolute butchering yeah um i was but, up against it i was up against it yeah but listen it's, this is what fantasy seasons are about and you know, it can all it can all be different. By the way, shout out to to Harry. Um, so Harry, who listened to we met at the NFL live event and and whatnot. Um, we, I, so he invited me. I think I talked about this on the podcast last week. He invited me into his dynasty league. So I found out this week that actually I took over from his misses, and I took over the team, and it was five and three. So I didn't even draft it, and I've just won the title with that team. Um, I've got no running backs. <laughs> So to give you an idea of the running backs I've started in this league, um, I won the final comfortably by probably close to 60 points, 58 oh points. Um, I started Prescott, terrible. Fitzpatrick, winner. Um, but my running backs are Dick, Devin Singletree and uh, Philip Lindsay. Oh, and Patrick, and Pat, and Patrick Laird. <laughs> oh, they had it. And you won it by 60 points. Um, so Fitzy um, Lindsay had a good game 17.8 points he had mm. over 100 yards um, John Brown I had Mike Kaziki. so every time Kaziki was throwing a touchdown or was catching a touchdown from Fitzpatrick I was getting double points for that <laughs> and that happened twice which is a dream um, but also the defensive scoring in this is slightly let's call it wonky Um my Indianapolis Colts defense, which I streamed this week, scored 58.78 points. Oh, snap. You're welcome. 
<laughs> two return touchdowns. Uh, yeah. It, well, it I think I, I think in that case, man, if we should shout out Harry's wife. Yeah, I mean, she drafted a, a, a cracking team. I mean, um, you know, I, I I took over at five and three. I got to ten and four, um, and then won the playoffs. So Harry's misses. You know, like cheers. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a, there's a title coming to the studio, and then also I won the Epsom Home League, which has been the bane of my life for the last. I don't know how many years, five years, six years, however long we've been playing in that league. Um, we have not had uh, a title. I finally squeaked it. Didn't think I was going to after comfortably being ahead for much of the final. And then uh, basically my wide receivers didn't turn up in the late games like Amari Cooper and Courtney Sutton and Mike Williams. But uh, uh, Mike Badgley's last minute field goal gave me a, just enough of a cushion. I won it by 2.5 points. So... Uh, nice to have that title coming to the studio as well. Yeah, we've not done too bad. Well, to be fair, man, if we should shout out, special shout out to Pitsky from the One Point Listener League. He uh, he did sterling work with his review and previews for this year. So, Pitsy, thanks very much, mate. It's been an absolute honour to put your stuff on the website. And then shout out to everyone else who got involved in the Listener League this year because I know I've had massive fun. I've not been too vocal in the chat rooms, but... I've been running stuff behind the scenes while Murph does all the vocalising. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've massively enjoyed it. So thanks to everyone who got involved. Yeah, I, I, we absolutely loved it. I've sent some messages through in the last few days and I'll be sending some more um, through. Um, massive thank you to everyone who joined. A massive thank you to the winners. Um, you will get prizes at some point in the new year. So uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, and then you'll get an invitation to the Champions of Champions tournament uh, as well so um, massive thank you to everybody and um, for those of you that played in our listener leagues I will be don't just keep it will archive the leave just keep an eye on the chat because I will in the summer send through the signups exclusively there first um, just because it's easier um, and I want to reward people who have been on the train a little bit longer but don't worry rush nation there's going to be plenty of leagues we did 11 this year i don't know how many we're going to do this year <laughs> it could be a lot um but uh, it's been a lot of fun playing with everybody and we've met some incredible people and um we got a lot of lovely messages from people over the last few days as well so um thanks very much and, and thanks to people that have sent us um really lovely messages um just to thank us for what we do and um dave dave uh mogren is is one he listens to us uh in uh, near minnesota uh he dropped us a message ryan got in touch he did uh, yeah i didn't know if you saw that or not no i did i started replying as well i think you and i were replying at the same time nice. uh, uh one bit because we were just on it we we're on it so yeah ryan got in touch which is amazing so um from canada who wrote the review so as promised we will get something out to him in in the new year i think as well and then um but he he thanked us he wrote a really nice message and yeah uh appreciate that and then everybody that sent us messages and, and everyone whose leagues we were in thanks very much for having us and uh yeah just wonderful year amazing fantasy season i'm a bit sad it's gone Oh, listen, Murph, as we said before, this train never stops. We've, we've, we're just getting started. It's only been 16 weeks, so let's hit the off-season hard. But my son is currently tugging up my leg for the first present to be opened. So, Rush Nation, I'm going to shoot off and open his presents, but we're going to leave you in the comfortable hands of Joe Pizapia and our first interview.
Right, Rush Nation, let's start with a banger. This guy needs no introduction. It's Joe Pizapia. Joe, Merry Christmas and welcome back to Five Yard. How are you doing? Merry Christmas, gentlemen. And yes, what a fun football season it's been. It's good to chat with you all again. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy Christmas, whatever. Everyone says Happy Christmas out there in the UK, which always took a little adjustment for me. But uh, yeah, I, I like the Happy Christmas, the Merry Christmas. Just just have Christmas, for God's sakes. <laughs> That's right. It's all about Christmas. It's all about merriment and goodwill and fantasy titles and belts. And That's right. So How's uh, how's things been since we last spoke, Joe? It's, it's only been seven, eight weeks, dominating the fantasy world as always. <laughs> I'm doing my best, doing my best. We got uh, two more TV shows left to do uh, before the end of the season. So uh, that's been going real well over at Sports Grid. So we get to be at the Meadowlands every Sunday doing the TV. That's been great fun. And uh, we do the pregame show there for... Um, for sports grid TV. And that's been awesome. And uh, yeah, just, I got one, the big championship is me and Ronis in Sealy's flex cup. And it's for the belt as we were talking about before the show. And last year I got burned in that league. I had Le'Veon Bell and he screwed me the first pick overall. And it was no fun, no fun at all. And I pride myself on being a pretty good super flex guy. Everybody knows I love super flex. So this is kind of a big deal for me personally. So I am rooting for myself, but if I lose to Adam Ronis, there's worse people to lose to. At least you can, at least you can stomach that. If you lose to somebody as good as Adam, you can say, all right, well, it's Adam Ronis. But uh, some other people, not so much. So uh, we'll see. And uh, I just want to have that belt. So next year at the draft, I can sneak up behind Jake Sealy and hit him with it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, listen, the result of that matchup will have occurred by the time this goes out. So if you've lost to Adam Ronis, we encourage all of our listeners to troll <laughs> Adam Ronis to say he's been a bad sport for beating you. Um, I'm kidding ish um <laughs> no i'm joking uh but yeah we we hope you bring it home we will update and share with everybody that you did and celebrate that success uh with you because it would be cool if nothing else to see you hit jake seeley over the head with a with a belt i know i mean even if i lose i think adam should at least like toss me the belt just to do that because that seems like a worthwhile task i, I couldn't agree more yeah clearly. so in terms of the the 2019 season where we're getting into week 17 how is the just the general season been for you any particular highlights or or anything that sort of stands out that uh perhaps has been a bit of a low light for you no, well, I'll tell you what, it's been a pretty good season overall. I had a lot of playoff teams. I got a couple championships in the fire here out of the 12 leagues I'm in and uh, playing for three ships. But uh, I told you, it's all about the belt. I don't you can keep the money. It's about the prestige. That's all I care about. And uh, yeah, it's been very good. It's been a great year uh, based on a couple of wide receivers that I felt really strongly about. One of them was Chris Godwin. Unfortunately, he's not there to uh, play in a lot of championship games, but uh, a lot of Chris Godwin shares was very good. A lot of Cooper Cup early on was quite helpful. And a lot of Josh Jacobs, like those guys really kind of hit for me. And uh, obviously there were some disappointments. Montgomery was a disappointment. Um, uh, Todd Gurley was a disappointment, uh, even though he still was right there on the, on the bubble of RB1 and PPR, which is astounding considering the season he's had. But uh, overall, it's been a really good season and I've been able to overcome the retirement of Andrew Luck because I had a ton of super flex leagues that had Andrew Luck in it. But thank God, I can't believe I'm saying this. So it's good it's on tape. Thank God for Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying those words. That's what kind of a year 2019 has been, gentlemen. Absolutely. Well, listen, the way that 2019's ending, if we go into 2020, it's going to be <clears throat> Tannehill versus Winston for the MVP in 2020. Let's bring it on. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's a horrible, what a horrible thing. Where are we? What's going on? What are you on, on about? That would be the best thing ever to watch those two uh, duke it out for the MVP. 
And there's Marcus Mariota sitting out there on the sidelines. Uh, <laughs> wondering Mar- what happened to him. Marcus life. is going to be in the XFL. Don't worry about that. He, he's oh, going to get a check yeah. from Uncle Vince. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only place left for Josh Gordon now, too, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we'll see what happens with him. I don't even think he could stay clean if, if there were really liberal laws in the XFL. So <laughs> Nope. Probably not. That would be my guess. So, so Joe, what about is Christmas after all family traditions? What do you, what do you do for for Christmas? Uh, well, we you know big Italian family. You know, it's uh, we used to have the big giant Italian Christmas, but now it's gotten smaller over the years. People moved in different places and stuff. But uh, we still do Christmas Day. We're a Christmas Day family. We're not the uh, I know a lot of the Italians do the seven fishes and the whole thing. You know, like we don't do any of that stuff. That's not my. It's a little. A little more of a Sicilian kind of thing than than necessarily uh, where my region of family's from. But um, I have a personal tradition that I always hold up, which is uh, every Christmas Eve uh, when the kids are in bed, I get some eggnog and it may or may not may or may not be spiked. And I watch Die Hard because Die Hard is absolutely a Christmas movie without a doubt. There is no way around it. It's uh, it's pretty much the same story as Home Alone. I tweeted this the other day. If you think about yeah. it, it is just a lone wolf on his own who it's Christmas and uh, there's a bunch of people who are trying to uh, steal some stuff and he has to come up with a bunch of elaborate plots and elaborate traps in order to stop them from doing it in order to save his family for Christmas. And that's all he wants is his family back for Christmas. So it's one of the great Christmas movies. And I find this time of year, all that violence, you know, because you're getting stressed out around the holidays and you sit at home and you watch Die Hard and it kind of takes care of all that violence for you. And then you can have a nice Christmas day with the family again. And I think that's the way to go. And then day after Christmas, I always take my daughters to uh, Madison Square Garden in New York. We always see the wrestling show there. So WWE always does their holiday shows. So we'll be there again. It'll be the third year in a row. So uh, it'll be a good time. How about you, gents? Uh, it's just seeing family, really. One year we go to my parents. And then the next year we go to the wife's parents. Uh, spoiler alert, my parents' Christmas is better. Everybody <laughs> always thinks that, right? Does anyone like going to in-laws for, for Christmas? Yeah, like. I don't know. I mean, it, it will be fine, but it's, I think it's because you spend your childhood with your side of the family, don't you? So it's always better for me. So I have attempted for the last seven years unsuccessfully to lay the seeds to convince my wife to escape the country uh, and go away for Christmas. And every year I fail. I failed mm-hmm. this year. I mean, we got the boy this year, so that obviously... Well, yeah, that wasn't it happening. It wasn't happening. Was so. they're, you're not getting away. Yeah. It's not happening next year or two. Oh. <laughs> The, the the my dream of just ignoring Christmas is drifting away from me ever so I'm why do you want to ignore Christmas what's what's wrong uh, what are you, just, what are you it's just another it's another day I used to work Christmas Day consistently mm-hmm. for seven or eight years when I came back from university and I spent a couple of years away from family during university so I didn't really do a family Christmas for the better part of a decade. And when you mm-hmm. run pubs uh, open on Christmas Day, you will see single-handedly the worst of humankind. And it just very oh, quickly sucks the joy of of the day out of it for you. And I just got to the point where it's just like, it just didn't really matter. But so we, every year we go to her parents um, or her sisters. They live right near each other. So it's an interchangeable venue kind of <laughs> scenario. It can change literally day to day. And then um, I tended to host uh, early Christmas with my, my mum's not big on Christmas, nor's my sister. So we would get that out of the way probably two weeks before Christmas. Um, and it kind of takes the pressure off. But this year, 
we're still going to the in-laws for Christmas Day, and then we're going to my mum's for out. We're going out for lunch on Boxing Day, <laughs> which suits me. <laughs> yeah, it just suits. So, um, but it's going to be the first. Well, now everyone knows your schedule, so all the fans who listen to the show, you can stalk Murph wherever he goes. Yeah, for the next absolutely. Uh, weeks. I'll be in the Midlands somewhere. You can find me. Another big country. <laughs> it really is. It's like, it's like where's Waldo? They'll find it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, talking talking of stalking, Joe, I saw a really interesting tweet thread earlier where somebody put that Die Hard is a Harry Potter movie because he spends his entire time skulking around corridors, getting away from the same guy who played Snape. Yeah, that's a good point so too. Die, <laughs> that's Die Hard is a, is a uh, Harry Potter film. It's absolutely... Even the guy who wrote Die Hard said it's a Christmas movie. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's a little Harry Potter, too. But, I mean, really, Home Alone is just the kiddie version of Die Hard when you think about it. Just, you know, only slightly less violence. Yeah. So, the only thing that could make Die Hard better is if Joe Pesci was in it, too. Which oh, <laughs> yeah. That's a great call. Speaking of 80s yeah, film... At the very end, Joe Pesci shows up and he's actually behind the whole thing. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> he just pops out from behind the curtain. Kiri! Hey, McLean, what are you doing, eh? <laughs> Speaking speaking of eighty films, oh, um, stocks dropped an absolute bombshell on me last oh, night. Oh no! So, and I, I have to air this because it no. just is absolutely blowing me. Do you know that stocks has never ever seen Top Gun? Oh wow! Oh, really? really? Yeah. Well, everyone has that. I had to confess I had never seen Uncle Buck, which I don't know how that happened. I just never saw it. But everybody has like that one that got away. I don't know if Top Gun holds up for you. I mean, I think it's I think it's worth seeing once. I think it's worth seeing just for the cheesy acting, um, especially Val Kilmer playing Iceman. That is some really ferocious overacting there. Yeah. You might enjoy that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you should definitely check well, that out. The, I mean, the new one dropped, the yeah. trailer dropped uh, yesterday or this morning. Yesterday. Yeah. I mean, I got I got to imagine there's references, but I don't think it's nearly as intense as like, you know, trying to watch uh, Watchmen and have not seen the movie or read the book. That's a lot more confusing, I'm That's sure, fair. than Top Gun. I would imagine, yeah. Fair, fair. So, Joe, the NFL Santa comes in April, not December. And uh, being a Pats fan, what can Santa bring for you in the 2020 draft this year? Oh, well, you know, I feel like things are starting to, you know, get a little creaky over there. Julian Edelman's uh, knee isn't right. Uh, you know, Tom Perry's having a rough season. I'll tell you what, he could bring me a, either a real tight end, which I actually think they're going to go and get in free agency because Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper are all out there in the tight end market. But they need a they need a real go to weapon here, and they need to spend a little money on the offense and, and go get it. The defense is terrific, but they just have no red zone threats, and that's the problem. I mean, to kill Harry's had a couple moments here lately, and that's great. Maybe he continues to evolve a little next year. But I think you know, if you look at it, it's it's time to go out there and and if Brady's going to continue to play, you've got to continue to surround him with more weapons and somebody who can catch the ball in the red zone because since Gronk has left, that's been their biggest deficit. No one has stepped up in that void. And uh, they really need to start addressing and you know continue to bring in some more personnel over on offense. So, I mean, maybe even it's time to look past Sony Michelle and maybe look past a couple other things too and just you know bring in some new guys and some fresh blood and you know, give Brady another shot if he plans on playing another three years, which it seems to be what he wants to do. Yeah, I, I've got a, uh, a, a a sneaky suspicion that Cameron Brait is going to be a New England Patriot because the Buccaneers, after this year, he has no more guaranteed money on his deal. And he has four years left on his contract with zero guaranteed money so the Buccaneers can get away for uh, very little. Um, but his earnings are six mil, six and a half mil, 6.8 mil. 7.5 mil over the next four years. Mm-hmm. So I just see the Bucks just 
parting ways, considering that Bruce Arians, has been proven, doesn't really use his tight ends that much. No, that would probably make sense. I, I'd imagine also that, you know, they knew what they were doing when they brought in Antonio Brown. They knew they needed a, a weapon like that. And there's going to be guys out there like Odell and Le'Veon Bell and all kinds of weapons like that. And it would not shock me if they did bring in a, quote, star offensive player, because I think they really need one. And, I mean, if you can win 10 games on defense, that's great. But you got to win a couple other ones on offense, so. You know, and they've done that. So we'll see what happens. You know, I wrote them off last year when Josh Gordon got hurt. I was like, oh, man, there they go. There it goes. It's over. It's done. And I don't think they can do anything. They lost back-to-back games. Then they went on that run and won the Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm not going to, you know, say anything differently because every time you think they're done, they're not. So we'll see what happens these next couple of weeks. But it should be a really good playoff. So it's a lot of good teams this year. Baltimore has been fun to watch for sure. Lamar we've had some great moments there from, uh, you know, Mahomes recently who's back and healthy. Nobody knows who's the best team in the NFC. Don't let anybody tell you because it is a complete crapshoot at any moment. One of those teams is going to get hot. So it should be a really fun uh, fun playoffs ahead of us in January. And with that being said then, Joe, come on, give us your Christmas Day Super Bowl prediction. Who do you think is going to get there and who do you think takes the crown? At this stage right now, I just have a hard time seeing anybody beat Baltimore, especially having the home field. Um, so I'm going to say Baltimore takes it all and I'm going to say they play the Saints when all is said and done. I think the Saints are going to somehow find a way even though that defense has been up and down, I don't know. I don't. I don't trust the 49ers. I just don't, and I and I don't trust Seattle ever. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. I just can't get there with them. And the rest of the NFC, you just kind of shake your head and not sure why. But I think we get Breeze back in there and Breeze Lamar Jackson. I think would be a very entertaining Super Bowl. I think a lot of people would enjoy seeing that. I'd go with that, Joe. So. On that note, where can everybody find you when your prediction comes true come first week of February? <laughs> and where can they listen to your great podcast if they've been listening, if they've been under a rock since the last time you were on? Well, that's all right. Well, like they could, yeah, well, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Joe Pizza PS17. And uh, all the uh, all the stuff, all the links are there for the uh, Fantasy Black Book podcast. And um, I'm also co host of Fantasy Sports Today, which is on demand on FNTSY with Craig Mish. Uh, we'll be transitioning to a lot of baseball content uh, pretty soon. And the new baseball black book will be out January 1st. So this is always that crunch time for me when we get into November where I'm covering football but writing baseball at the same time. So uh, keep an eye out if you're playing fantasy baseball this year for that, January 1. And uh, pleasure, as always, to chat with you, gentlemen. It's been fun, and I look forward to uh, to the preview shows next year. Absolutely. We'll get you on for those for sure. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Merry Christmas. Hope you enjoy your day and we'll catch you in 2020. yippee Kaye, baby. <laughs> well, man, Joey P, one of our boys, Murph. Yeah, it's so good to have him on. I love the fact he, he comes on uh, as frequently as, as he does and uh, as amazingly as he does. Um, you know, just absolute love for that guy. And, you know, the fact that he's been writing the uh, baseball black book whilst also been working out uh, on fantasy football playoffs and, and everything else. Just just incredible. Yeah, absolute madness. So we thought we'd do some season reviews, some quick points on the AFC and NFC, and we might as well start with the AFC part one. And who better to start with than the Baltimore Ravens, Murph? Yeah, I, I mean, who else can you start with? Just an incredible season from John Harbaugh and his team, um, and what they've what they've achieved. And Lamar Jackson, who you know, I mocked plenty of times last year, saying for he can't throw a football. Well, you know, he's clearly had some help in the off season because he his uh, ball throwing ability is massively improved. But his his big playability, uh, not just what he does with his legs, but with his arms as well. Just the whole the whole team has just carried themselves in a really positive and amazing way um 
the thing that strikes me with with Baltimore more than anything else is how healthy they've been. You know, you, you look at the injury report and they've not really had anyone injured. You know, Lamar's played 16 games. Okay, he's not going to play Sunday. Mark Ingram's played 16 games. Okay, he did get injured on, on Sunday. But until until they clinched the one seed, they didn't have injuries. Um, and, and not only have they played 16 games, they pretty much played all four preseason games as well. Yeah, exactly that. So um, I think that shows something that you... Um, you should play more preseasons because a lot of people that didn't play preseason games got injured very early. And that was a big shame, but also um, that you can just, you can get right. If you get right at the start of the season and you play well, it just breeds confidence for the rest of the season. Yes. Okay. They lost uh, a couple of early games, but they haven't lost a game since I think week four, week five, and they've been on a long win streak now. And um, they've been to some very difficult places. You know, they've been to, um, Sam Fran and one they've been to the Patriots and one like they, 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 it's not like they're just rolling over really weak teams they've, they've beaten everybody who there is to beat um, with the exception of maybe one or two contenders so um, massive credit uh, to them um, number one seed well deserved and they're going to be a very strong team in this playoff absolutely Our boy Joey P just talked about the Patriots and how they could be sliding towards the end of a dynasty Obviously, Tom Brady hasn't, the offense hasn't been the Patriots' offense at all this year, and they've been massively helped by defense and special teams. But, you know, could, could we be seeing the end of, of what we're used to seeing on, on NFL Sundays? I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, you could it's almost, an, it's almost an impossible question to ask, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, the way I look at these things is what have the Patriots, the Patriots are still, they, they have their odds on to get the number two seed. They've still won. They've still clinched the division uh, against a good Baltimore, uh, a good Buffalo team. They're still going to win 11, 12 games this season um, in the regular season, um, maybe even 13 games. Um, like they're, they're not, they're not ridiculous. Like the, the, the defense is, is, is crazy good. And, and we've seen that, but you know, people talk about their struggles on, on offense and they don't look pretty. Yes, but they still win games. And yes, okay, their schedule has been easy. And yes, okay, they've lost a couple of, of big games. But they're not big games in the regular season. And I think when you're the team that has done it and has done it so often, I'm less worried about what you do in the regular season because I don't think you need to prove it because you have that fear factor. When you're the defending champions, you don't need to go and beat everybody by a ridiculous scoreline to prove you're good. Because everybody's still afraid of you because you're still the champs and you're still the greatest dynasty. I just think until they lose a game in the playoffs, you cannot rule out the New England Patriots as a team who can turn up because their defense is good enough to stop anybody. And if their offense just gets good for 20, 30 minutes with these trick plays from Josh McDaniels, I just don't think they're a team I can ever rule out home or way as long as they get a bye I think if they've got to play the extra game then I think fatigue could set in especially on on Brady but if they get the bye yeah I I, I still like their chances yeah me too me too talking of a team that I like their choices chances even let's talk about the Chiefs have they been disappointing are they a dark horse I don't know I don't think I don't think we can call them a dark horse they they got slightly derailed maybe when Mahomes was was injured but even you know I I think the fact that they're playing as well as they are at the moment, their last two games, they're only allowed 6.7 points per game or something. I mean, it's the first, it's the first time they've not allowed back-to-back touchdowns since 2000 and 
thirteen maybe or something. So their their defense is rolling, and they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the game at the moment in Mahomes and weapons all around him. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you've got a great offense there, um, and that that goes without saying. But you know, probably one of the big surprises for the season has has been their defense um, and and how good it's been. I mean, they they held the Patriots to to sixteen points, they held the Raiders to nine points, and then they've just held they've just held the Bears to to three points on on Sunday. So, which is amazing because I've just gone onto Google and it says the Broncos. So that's why I was like, no, it wasn't the Broncos. Cheers, oh, sorry, no, it, was, it was the Broncos last week, and then it was the Bears. So, back to back three point games because that was the snow game. Mm. Um, back to back three point games and nine point games. So, you know, in three of their last four games, they've kept the team to single digits, and then the Patriots to sixteen, the Chargers to seventeen. It was only when the Titans beat them thirty five thirty two in that crazy game with the bot punt um, that. That, that won the game. Um, and that's just a free play. But in the last five games, they've been very impressive on both sides of the ball. And I think, especially in the air, the, the Chiefs are the second best defense against wide receivers uh, in the NFL, which is just remarkable. That secondary who everybody has slated and everybody said is quite poor has actually done an amazing job this year. And um, we know they can do one offense, which is just incredible. The, the, the one thing I would say about the Chiefs is they can't really stop the run. So, I I do think that the Ravens is a really bad matchup for them oh, if, they, yes. if they if they end up there. Um, you know they did beat them earlier in the season uh, in a, in a classic, but you know as a, as I mentioned they've the, the Ravens have been on a roll and I think they know how to beat teams now. And I you know I I do think that's the one matchup that I look at for the Chiefs and think that could be really sticky. And and funny enough, they could get the Titans in the sixth seed and. That's no joke. The Titans are playing amazing football, even though they lost on on Sunday. You know they win, they're in. And uh, Chiefs Titans we just had a thirty five thirty two just a month ago. Yeah, be an and, amazing. Uh, game and if well. anything, the the Titans are playing slightly better than they were now. Then even, yeah, absolutely. So I think um, I think the Chiefs are dark horse. I think you're right. I think the injuries um, that they've had, they've had Tyreek Hill injured the first half of the season. Um, you know, they've had injuries at running back. They've pretty much been using uh, tape to, to put out there. But Damien Williams came through and had a, another good game on Sunday. Um, he's someone to uh, keep an eye on. And I think they're a much better team with him, you know, running the football. Um, the Sean McCoy for me is, is done in the NFL. Uh, you know, maybe he's a complimentary back and can come in, but he's not a lead back in the NFL. Spencer where they signed off the street, hasn't done very much. Um, Darwin Thompson hasn't done a lot. Um, I think the Chiefs are a dark horse. It's amazing. We, we, we've always talked about how inferior the AFC is to the NFC, but you look at those three teams, those three teams are no joke. The one, two, three. And even Tennessee, Tennessee aren't a joke. The Texans aren't a joke. Um, you know, Buffalo Bills, they're another one. They're, you know, I think the AFC, this is the strongest the AFC has been for me in 10 years. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, obviously, our flip side of the coin, we, we could talk about the Browns, but I think we should let the Browns be talked about by people from the Paul Brown podcast who are coming up in a, in a guest or two's time. But why don't we get into our second interview and listen to the boys from Kickers Matter talk about how their fantasy season went. Yeah, let's do it. Right, Rush Nation, we are back. It's number two. It's Christmas Day, and we've got the boys from Kickers Matter. It's Jack and Jamie. Boys, welcome to Five Yard Rush. Merry Christmas. How are you doing? Merry Christmas, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Good. Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. No, look, absolute pleasure to have you on. It's been it's been too long, uh, Jamie. I don't think you've ever been on. Uh, Jack, I don't think you've been on since 
the preview draft, wasn't it? We did a we did, yeah, yeah, the, mock, did the, the mock draft, didn't we, back in April? I was on the, with that. Kikau mock draft with the Kansas City fan who, <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> who couldn't work the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was he the one with the um, toddler screaming in the background? Yeah, and then the other one. usually you, Jack. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, it's normally me. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, boys, how how have things been? Uh, I know we chat offline, about how have things been going with with the pair of you recently? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty apart, good. Apart, uh, apart from the weather, apart from the weather, no, it's it's been good. Yes. Yeah, no, the podcast is um, going from strength to strength. So yeah, we're um, we're doing all right. Good stuff, good stuff. And how's how's your twenty and nineteen NFL season? How's it been so far for you both? Highlights, lowlights. Um, horrible as a New York Giants fan. So <laughs> my highlight probably is Lamar Jackson. I think he's been amazing. I think that'll be most people's highlights through the season. Um, but yeah, as a Giants fan, I'm, I'm quite glad we broke that losing streak last week. <laughs> Nine games on the bounce. That's pretty impressive, that isn't it? Nine games. You haven't been much better, mate. <laughs> oh no, 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 mate. We we've been uh, garbage, just to, to uh, put it politely. But but we have, we as in the Falcons have beaten the two best teams in the NFC, but lost to basically everybody else, which has been <laughs> horrendous. So that's that's for me is is a massive kind of a low light. The Falcons have been just not what I was expecting, not what anyone was really expecting. For me, highlight. Uh, I've kind of got two really, and obviously non-Falcon related. Chris Carson, Will Disley, and the Seahawks, because I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a closet Seahawks lover. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I, I just I, I like Chris Carson. I, I really really like Will Disley. I like Russell Wilson. If I wasn't a Falcons fan, I would have been a Seahawks fan. Maybe it's a bird thing. Who knows? Um, and Josh Allen and the Bills because. The, I've, I've, I really rate the Bills and I'm really glad that they're in the playoffs I think they're a, they're a real sneaky team that could on any day it could be anybody I, I'm on that hill with you they, was a, sorry, they, they were as a podcast favourite of ours weren't they yeah Josh, massively the Bills, um, yeah. at the start of the season they've, they've been brilliant and Josh Allen's been pretty good he's done well so far yeah, yeah. Better, better than I think what a lot of people expected. Absolutely. I think he's he's one of my favourite players in the NFL because he's sort of the most relatable because he doesn't have, he's not a, I mean, he's a, he's a phenomenal athlete, obviously, you have to be to be in the NFL, but he sort of, he, he's got that, that grit, that determination. He's just like, do you know what? I'm going to win this game on my own. Sod the lot of you. I've got this. It, it's, it's that play against the Cowboys. Yeah. Where he fumbled it and then literally picked it up and ran through on the line of scrimmage and ran through like three three linebackers to get the first down. Amazing. Yeah, he's just he's just incredible. He just doesn't know when to quit. And you know, I hope he's in the league for a lot of years and he, he avoids the the injuries that a player like him could could probably get. What about mm. um, Super Bowl predictions? I know we're, we're sort of getting into the very end of the season now and. Most of the playoff bursts by the time this has gone out will have been clinched, if not all of them. So, who, who do you who, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and who's going to uh, take it down in Miami? I'll let you answer this first, Jack. I'm interested to see what you say. I, I want the Ravens to get there. I don't think they will. I'm 
I'm not betting against the Patriots. I, <laughs> um, you, you just can't, even though they are horrible to watch on offense. I'm going to go for the Patriots versus the Seahawks. Interesting. That's, I like that. I do. I'm, I'm, similar, I'm similar on, on one side of the ball there, mate. Um, I've got the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl. And uh, I think this is more of a, what I really want to see rather than what probably we'll see. I, I've got the Seahawks beating the Bills 35-34. <laughs> I'm calling the score already. Uh, yeah, I would. I would like to see that. Oh, I think that would be brilliant. I tell you what, if Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl, I'm probably going to have to take a week off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd feel like I've won it. Like it just feel like he's doing it for all of us, for all the all the people who couldn't get into the NFL. I just, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just go and might have to go out there. <laughs> Congratulations! Convinced on the work trip. Like, I need. To, I need to go over there. I would, I would love to, as I say, getting the Bills to get there would be great. It would be a fantastic story. I just still, I just don't think they would, they would beat the Seahawks just because Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's fair. So Great. come on then, boys. Let's talk some fantasy. How, how many championship playoffs have you guys made? Um, I counted mine up earlier. I've made six uh, out of 45 leagues, which is <laughs> embarrassing. Um, yeah, I, I did make 23 playoff games, but I just, um, I don't know, I've fallen short in a few. I've actually made the final in one league where I went six and seven in the regular season. <laughs> I've made the final in that league. I think that sums up the fancy year. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one, mate. Um, I've I've made eight finals. Two of them are already finished because for some reason they were week 15 finals, um, which I lost both of them, which is lovely. Um, so I've got six more to go out of 38 leagues. Um, I don't know how many playoffs I'm in. It's... it's I've, this has probably been my best year in fantasy. I reckon 75% of my league, 70, 80% I've been in the playoffs. So um, if I'm brutally honest, I really just want to win one of them. I'm 13 and 0. I just got through. So now I'm 14 and 0. I want the undefeated season in, in one dynasty league. That's just all I want. Just win every single game. And then it's complete. I feel like I've completed it. <laughs> and then give that dynasty up and give it to someone else only to ruin it but, but no I want, I want the back to back don't I if you, if you go undefeated you want to go undefeated the next year but it's I, I had a bit of a sweat last night the Bills DST really helped me out over on the weekend 21 points and then Kamara sneaked me in and then Jordan Wilkins touchdown for the uh, Colts, the Colts. <laughs> won it for me because um, the guy would have got 10 points for the Saints defence and because of that touchdown he only got three and I won by four points oh. <laughs> I know <laughs> I know I feel a bit dirty but you know it feels good never feel dirty man that's awesome I lo- th- those are the ones you always remember as well ten years from now you'll be around having a beer with Jack and on the podcast and you'll remember that whereas you won't you won't remember the big blow off win in a semi-final because you won't my, my, my semi-final win last weekend I, I vanquished my final loss by beating Josh so I'm, I'm pleased he's not going to be in another final I, I mean I won't remember it as much as going undefeated less, but that's not happening because I got defeated it doesn't matter if you go undefeated or you go 6-7 and seven, if you win it if you win a championship you win a championship it's, yep. it's always yeah. going to be there exactly let's talk about Christmas traditions lads do you have uh, do you have any that you follow every every year Jamie this is a extra special one for you because you've got a, a new edition this year right yeah, well, I was thinking about this one. So we, we, as a family, kind of even with my mum and dad, we never really had traditions. You could have like the stockings and things like that. So 
I think kind of with with Isabel being her first real first her first Christmas, I think we'll probably start something myself and Rachel. I have no idea what I'll probably do what Rachel says. <laughs> but but yeah, we'll 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 do something. How about you, Jack? Just the usual, to be honest. Just eat way too much, and feel, <laughs> feel sick after it, and then drink way too much as well. So, <laughs> and probably um fall over again and crack my elbow. So. Oh, God. <laughs> That that would be me, pretty much. So yeah, it's a standard obviously, week, though, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it's a standard week. Now, obviously, it'd be um, my, my daughter's two and a half now, so it'd be um, nice just sort of understand what's going on. So it'd be quite yeah. nice. You know, the NFL standard doesn't come in December; it comes in April at the draft. So for you guys, what what do you want him to bring for your teams in the draft next year? Oh God, <laughs> um, you can't say new coaches. Cause I'm not sure God will help you. That's nailed on. <laughs> You both get new coaches as a as a given, so no, no, I want to keep mine. I I would quite happily have Dan Quinn at the uh, Giants. No, no but, um, you, you keep your hands off him. Give <laughs> um, me Jason Garrett, would, isn't it, Jack? Oh, please not, please no, please no. Maybe maybe Adam <laughs> Gase could jump jump across. I, I would rather have Jeff Fisher than Jason Garrett. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, I'd go with that. I'd, yeah, I think I'd rather have Jeff Fisher because at least Jeff Fisher you could kind of tolerate. Like, you get bored of the seven and nine seasons, but you would go. At least he's like he's an all right bloke. Whereas Garrett, you just you can't listen to him. You can't really stomach him in any way. <laughs> exactly. Um, I actually want a wide receiver, so I want Jerry Judy coming out. I would love the Giants to draw Jerry uh, Jerry Judy um, and a new defense, totally new defense, because <laughs> we get destroyed week to week. Mate, there's no there's no point in getting a new defense. They'll end up at the Saints in a couple of years. Well, that's just true. There's, well, it's only our corners. To be fair, all our corners end up there. But um, yeah, good good luck with um, Janoris Jenkins, Saints, Saints fans. So they, deserve, they deserve him. Jack, they deserve yeah, him. They uh, he'll, play, he'll play lights out. You know he will. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? I want Chase Young for the Falcons. I want him because we need, we need a pass rush because Tat McKinley's just been constantly injured. Vic Beasley has he's picked up the back end of the season, but previously before that, apart from one lights out year, he's been disappointing. He's, I suspect they'll probably offer him another contract after this last seven or eight games um, and I want Dan Quinn to stay and I know that's a lot of Falcons fans or 50% of them are going to agree with me and 50% won't I don't think he's the problem No, that's fair um, final question then before we let you go in terms of the podcast 2020 first of all tell everyone about where they can find you if they don't know where they are they've been under a rock but secondly what about a cheeky little exclusive that you're going to be doing uh, for 2020 uh, so you can find us on Twitter at kickers underscore matter um, and as for 2020, uh, there'll be a few new changes. We're, um, I think we're going to try and concentrate on DFS a lot more next year. We've just been very busy this year. And um, obviously, we've just, uh, well, I don't know if anyone saw the news just I set up a new league, the Steve Rains Bowl. So um, I'm, gonna, my, I'm going all in on that. I'm concentrating on that. And um, awesome. I think we're, we're doing proud of that next year. Definitely. But what, just quickly, while we're talking about, while we've mentioned Steve, um, you boys are aware of the, all the things we're doing to, to raise money in memory of Steve. We've just had a charity DFS competition, which went down really well. And we've also got uh, a charity raffle, which the date has been changed because in the video that I did, I, uh, I made a mistake. So the, the, uh, the charity raffle is some prizes you can win. Let's just put it this way. The best prize you can win, the top prize is a full-size 
chrome New England Patriots Rob Gronkowski Rob Gronkowski signed helmet. So uh, and the entry dates the uh, it's going to close February second. So Super Bowl Sunday. Um, have a look on our feed. You'll find a video. You'll find information on that. We will be pushing it massively because we want to raise as much money as possible. So get involved. Absolutely, 100%. Well, boys, thank you so much for coming on the Christmas Day pod. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Have a good day. Enjoy your Christmases and uh, we'll catch you both down the road in 2020. You too, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy Christmas. So there was Jack and Jamie, boys from Kickers Mail. It's, it's nice to have them back on, actually. We haven't spoke to them in a while, have we? No, we haven't. They've obviously had some some uh, things going on with, with Steve, who, who passed away. Um, but they're, you know, incredibly good good lads uh, very knowledgeable um just a lot of fun in the fantasy community as well we have a, a lot of banter with them and yeah top guys uh, glad to glad to have me 100 percent. right let's hit the second half of the afc you mentioned the texans before where do they go from here Murph? they're an interesting team I, I didn't actually think they they played very well against tampa i know they got the dub but uh james winston um pretty much gifted them a game on the plate he was playing santa uh a few days early he was like here here's a w here's a w here's a w you can have that um i think if if he doesn't have the game he has i i, I don't think they would have i don't think they would have won the game the, the tampa d absolutely dominated um you could see that in in the fantasy scores that you got if you started anyone on the texans side maybe instead of carlos carlos hyde and darren fells i mean if you started fells I mean, I have to question why, but okay, fair enough. You, you, you've sort of got away with that one. Carlos Hyde wasn't amazing. He really got the touchdown. But, you know, Watson got three, four points, if that. Um, Hopkins, two and a bit points. Fuller, okay, went off injured. He got you a point. You know, that, that offense didn't move the chains. They they didn't look good. And, you know, that Tampa D, okay, it's no joke. Um, the corners are getting better. The secondary is, is young, but it seems to be improving. But, you're talking about Deshaun Watson, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the in the NFL, and they struggled against two a second year corner and a, and a rookie corner who absolutely dominated. Like that shouldn't happen. And these aren't elite corners. You know, I've watched enough of Jamal Dean, who has come on leaps and bounds since his debut, but he got absolutely shredded by Russell Wilson. All right, and it was his debut, but still, Carlton Davis is is he's had he's playing hot and cold, and okay, he had another great game on Sunday, but. I, I do worry and you, it, it, it can't just be talent because those guys on talent should have absolutely shredded that, that, that Tampa D and they, and they couldn't get it done. And okay, they've got the W they've walked away with it. They've clinched the playoff spot. They've clinched the division and you know, they're going to more than likely be the four seed um, and they're going to have the bills, which is a tough game if that happens. But if you were to ask me right now, even with the Texans at home, who I would rather back in that game, it would be the Bills. I think they're playing better. They look more cohesive. Even when they lost to the Patriots, they still gave them a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're, I'm a bit they're a tough, tough side, the Bills. Really tough. Um, they're battle-hardened, and they're, they're, in a, they're in a scrap, and the game gets scrappy. I just think Bill O'Brien, he's done a good job to get players in. He's mortgaged the future. He's got unbelievable talent, but there's something missing in that team. And as much as they are a good team and they deserve to be in the playoffs and deserve to win the division, do I really think they're going to be one heading to the Super Bowl? Not unless they, they change everything because there's just, there isn't something right. There's just something not right there. And they haven't played amazingly well down the stretch here. 
No, 100%. So we mentioned the Titans earlier and how they're doing well at the moment and, and hopefully they, they make it into the playoffs by winning out. What about the Steelers? How do we feel? I mean, they've they talk about tough teams. The Steelers have lost pretty much everybody through, you know, not playing for them anymore or injury and signing Mika Fitzpatrick has been one of the main reasons for their season turnaround, even though they've been three, four quarterback deep at times. But do you think they've got any hopes for the playoffs? Um, I think they did until Sunday. And I think losing to the Jets is a bad, bad defeat um, because it gives the advantage to Tennessee. Um, they, they, the one advantage they have is they do play Buffalo. Um, they do play Baltimore next, which, okay, you think, well, they're the one seed, Murph. What are you talking about? Um, but they're already resting most of their starters. Um, so, you know, the way I look at it is that should be a game that, when you've got one team who've got nothing to play for and you've got another team who have everything to play for, what would you expect to happen? You would expect the team that, that with the biggest desire to win, regardless of talent, should win the game or at least make it competitive. And I think the Steelers can, but you know, they have a real issue quarterback. They, they dumped, um, they benched Duck Hodges. Mason Rudolph came in, he looked good. And then he injured his shoulder. He might not play next week. James Connor left the game again with an injury. He doesn't look like he's probably going to go this week. Um, I just, there's no consistency at quarterback, at running back, uh, at wide receiver. You, you've got Washington and, and Johnson, but they can't decide who the one, who the two is there. Uh, I mean, I think Mike Tomlin's done an incredible job and I think he deserves a lot of credit. And the fact that they're, playoff relevant in the discussion in week 17 is nothing short of outstanding but I think the journey ends here yeah I agree yeah, there was people calling for his job at the beginning of the middle of the season but from what he's done with that team I think he's cemented himself a few more years as Steelers head coach for sure yeah he's ended he's a new contract uh, for sure I think uh, I think anybody that thought that Tomlin was done I think and, and I think I was one of those I think it was getting a bit stale a bit predictable I almost think he needed this to happen in some really strange way to get his box of tricks out and to almost enjoy coaching again in in some weird way yeah 100% right, Murph. Well, we've actually got a couple of people from the Paul Brown podcast knocking on the proverbial telephone door to get onto the podcast right now. So why don't we uh, charge our glasses with some more mud wine, maybe snack a mince pie or two and hear the boys from the Paul Brown podcast. Sounds good, mate. Right, Rush Nation, we're back and we're back with possibly last Christmas's most cray-cray guests. It's the boys from the Paul Brown podcast. How we doing, chaps? We good. We good. Two of the three now. We've added an extra one. I did not know that. Apologies. Who who's missing? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> what? As in the official? He's an American guy. Don't worry about him. He's nobody. <laughs> hey. Oh, he actually may listen to this show. So, yeah, I really like Ian. He's a great addition to the podcast. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, come on in, chaps. Let's talk 2019 season. How's it been for you both being Browns fans? Yeah, that, that's enough about that. On to a new topic. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul has had a whale of a time visiting every everything going on. Um, so I'll let him talk about that rather than what actually happened on the field. My highlight was watching the Browns beat the Steelers. My low light was a piece of ham hitting me <laughs> again. <laughs> that was probably the low light of my uh, NFL season. Wow, that's strong. That is strong. And if anyone's got a better low light than that, then please let no, me know. I think, I think, Paul, you've managed to win the Christmas episode once again. So yep. congratulations. That's you booked in for next year. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Super Bowl. But any, anything, um, anything analytically or Browns? Ask Jack the question. Well, okay. So seeing as the Browns aren't going to make the Super Bowl, Paul, uh, Jack, who do you think is going to win it? Hang on a minute. Mathematically, we can still. They do are it. still alive. Yeah, no, that's zero point eight percent, baby. That's, that's all right. Okay. So Paul, given that zero point eight percent, do you think the Browns are going to get there and win it? <laughs> Damn right they are. <laughs> can I can I just put an asterisk here? If you're listening to this and the Browns have already been eliminated. We recorded this a week in advance. All right. Well, if you if you do win the Super Bowl, who are you going to beat there? Oh, mate. That, last time I answered that question, I said someone that was in the same uh, conference. Best I'll check that question. I'm, I think the Saints are going to get there, and I think they can end up playing the Chiefs. Wow. Strong. I like so, it. So that, that, that's what I'm going for, because I, I just think, at the end of the day, the Browns beat the Ravens, so... They're not unbeatable as people think. If the Browns can beat them, anyone can beat them. And I think they'll just have a day when it, it doesn't come together in the playoffs, and it'll. Um, and I, I think they'll end up as the best team this season, but I don't think they win the prize. I think they've had that day. I think they had that day where it didn't work out against the Bills, but they managed to get the win. And I think going forward, they'll just be better than that game. And I think that was their worst game this season. We'll see. I think the Saints get there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think Ravens Saints just because Drew Brees is on an absolute tear at the moment. Murph. He had one good night last night, and you're the team's really good. Ball. Drew Brees isn't the reason I'm going for him. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be the Saints. They're going to get, you know, there's going to be a national controversy where they're going to get uh, cheated out of it once again. Um, and also, the problem is, is that every two minutes, Drew Brees is getting handed paper certificates <laughs> oh, for records no. for records that don't matter. <laughs> They're celebrating him like, oh my God, he's thrown the most passing touchdowns in NFL history. That stat doesn't include playoffs. Tom Brady has thrown 32 passing touchdowns more than any other player in the NFL. Like, why are we rewarding mediocrity? I'm not handing them out, bruh. No, listen, it's not going to be the Saints. It's going to be, it's going to be the Patriots and it's going to be the Patriots and the 49ers. The the choking the 49ers. The Patriots and the 49ers. The Jimmy G Bowl. Nah, the 49ers will choke. Nah, not concerned. Yeah. Uh, all right, fair enough, boys. Let's talk some fantasy football. How Let's talk fantasy. Which, which podcast in the UK is in the final of the UK NFL podcast? Who, who is it, Paul? Who's in the final? I think it's us, Jack, isn't it? Even though you don't know, I have taken us there. And yet, absolute blinding season. I've got uh, three finals to go. Um, three out of five, not bad. That's a, a good conversion rate. Yes, Murph, I'm not on sleeper. Every league that's play a final, baby. Except for the home league where you're in the toilet bowl <laughs> for the third consecutive year. <laughs> the, like, the third consecutive year. That's the most impressive thing. I don't know how, for three consecutive years, you've managed to blow the draft so badly that you are going to come last. Like that, that is quite an achievement. I couldn't even try and do that. It, PPR agrees with me and uh, standard scoring just doesn't. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to knock it up to that. Next next year, I'm going to make sure that you don't end up in the toilet bowl if it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to move the league to sleeper, so I'm, I'm going to win it next year. Put, put it in pen. It's going to be PPR league. It's going to be on sleeper and I am winning that, baby. All right. Well, until that happens. Yeah. I Dynasty mean, league. I've got some breaking news, guys. Break away. I'm in the Atlantic Falcons UK Super Bowl final. The what? It's a fantasy league. And you're in it. I think they picked all Falcon players. That's why I did so well. <laughs> Love that. So talk about Christmas traditions, fellas. 
What what is the Christmas traditions that you have? Walk the dog along the beach, and that's about it. I've got a plug here: the Paul Brown podcast, live podcast with Chrissy Brown, my mum. Last year's was epic, definitely. <laughs> when you finish, when you finish listening to this long podcast of somewhere between two and three hours, <laughs> uh, listen listen to Paul and his mum because that podcast last year was one of my favourites. <laughs> And we had, what was it, the 12 Days of Christmas sung by 12 different people. It was just absolute carnage. That's right. One of them was Mark Sessler. I can't remember who the rest were. There was Ben Albright. There was loads of people. It was it was great fun. Yeah. I, need, I need to check that out. That was good. It, it was very, very good. Uh, Paul Paul's mum has a future. You can see where it came from. You can see where the talent came from. Well, maybe special desk guest is my dad, who doesn't speak to my mum. That would be quite interesting. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Stay tuned for that one, sports fans. <laughs> That would be classic. Right, boys. Well, I know you shouldn't jump around the show script, but this year in a dynasty league, I managed to combine Christian McCaffrey and uh, Saquon Barkley, same backfield. That, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good place to be when you're uh, running a dynasty league. Just just going to throw that one out there. Did I do that? Yeah, that was you. Oh, that was good. That was good business. You're welcome. Congratulations on winning it this year, but next year, don't even bother. I gave you Kerry on Johnson a couple of firsts, I think. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I own I own half half the first round and my bench is pretty strong. So I'm just going to plug them in next year. Made the final last year. This year I tanked, and you're welcome. You are welcome, Jack. So boys, what do we want from the draft for the Browns? A new GM? No, can't draft one of them. Offensive tackle, offensive tackle. Let's let's have another one as well. We we just need tackles. Uh, the O line is uh, it's got. A revolving door on the left-hand side. It's got a revolving door on the right-hand side. Just um, whatever best tackle available, uh, probably in the first round. Got a couple of picks in the third. Probably another one there. We need a safety. And then I'd say that other picks, defensive tackle or um, tight end, depending on what they do with David Njoku. So, uh, you're going to need to... You're going to need to finish with a worse record than the Buccaneers. Oh, there's loads of offensive tackles in this draft. So uh, it's really good year to need an offensive tackle. So we're all good. We're happy. Nice. What about what about you, Paul? Yeah, I'm going to go with two O-lines, two safeties, and then, yeah, anything on the D-line and maybe a tight end. Maybe maybe a nice wide receiver for a bit of depth. Yeah, looking at the roster for this offseason, the Browns only need to replace 11 of the 22 starters so the roster's pretty solid <laughs> love that well we wish you the best of luck and before we let you go can you give us a, a sneaky cheeky 2020 exclusive for the podcast well i've started work on it today paul will give you something more exciting but uh data side i'm taking all the pff um stuff from the last four years potentially 10 years and looking at draft position, uh, the top 10, top 25, top 50% of players, starters, where were they drafted? Uh, value, and loads of value plants taking uh, good value off. So uh, I'm doing a deep dive on that. Paul's doing some more entertaining stuff, no doubt. And uh, I will be in the US for a game next year, possibly two. So that'll be good fun as well. Uh, myself, I have resigned from my job. I am applying for media positions in Cleveland on TV and for the Browns. So watch your space. But our 500 episodes coming up. So it's going to be a big one. And it will be Joe Thomas with Jack Duffin and myself. Incredible. Wow. Well, boys, thank you so much for coming on the Christmas Day extravaganza. Appreciate your time. Paul, enjoy your podcast with your mother. Jack, enjoy the dog walk on the beach. But 
until next year the big 2020 guys appreciate your time thanks for coming on mate always a pleasure lads have a good christmas have a good christmas everyone listening merry christmas guys right rush nation it's draft season Murph has sprung this one on me. I'm going to be completely... Last year, we did a, a Christmas Day draft and Murph called it on the day I got annihilated and everybody else on Twitter sphere agreed with him. And I'm quite happy to take the L on this one. So, Murph, this year's Christmas draft, what are we talking about? So, this year's is, is more about the, the day... is sort of the Christmas Day night draft. So, what you do after the dinner, after everything's settled down. Uh, some people who might have been in the house have, have gone home. So, it's a five-round draft... Um, you need to draft a television show for that evening, a snack, a game. So uh, basically a board game, a card game, anything that's not a computer game, basically, because that's too easy. Um, so something that involves all the family can play, basically. Uh, a drink and a song between all of you to sing. Okay. So, well, um, we've, we've, got the, we've got on the show notes here, toss a coin, but I had the number one overall last year. So I think it's only fair that you go first. Oh wow! I didn't even realize that. That's uh, that's very kind of you. So, yeah, this is this is a hard one to start. This is almost the one you don't want the the one I wanted um, because you almost want to get two top choices on the way back. Um, and then I'm thinking about you, so it's it's a tough one. Well, don't try so, and block me. No, I think I'm going to go with the snack. So, and with the snack, I'm going to go with the leftover cold cut meats um, into sandwiches. And uh, so all the leftover turkey, the leftover ham, the leftover gammon beef, whatever you have with the leftover veggies and make them into, into sandwiches. I think that's the, that's the snack for me on, on Christmas day night. I think, I think you've gone too far. I think you've gone too fast, Murph. That's a boxing day thing. I think you've, I think you've skipped a beat, mate. It depends on what time you have lunch. So if, you, if you're ours and you have lunch at one, and then I'm thinking like eight o'clock, you get a bit peckish. And you think, well, there's loads of leftovers. You just go and help yourself. You don't have to like do the sit down. You sit in the front room. You've got everyone there. You help yourself. You're hungry. You can just help yourself to what was left over at lunch. It's amazing. Pigs and blankets. Uh, you can make some sandwiches. No, you can no, do no. Loads. You've got it all wrong if you've got pigs and blankets left for the evening. Well, at my in-laws, they, they tend to make too much food and... It's okay, worked so, out. All right, I'll let, I'll, I'll let you have that one. See, I was going to go in the, the order that it's on the draft. I thought we were going to go in that order. So you've taken a snack first. So I don't know. It's, it's all strategy. Yeah, I don't need to take a snack now, which is great. Um, what are you most likely? See, okay, I'm going to take. I'm going to go with a game, and I'm going to hark back to when I was a child, and we used to always play charades in the evening at my auntie's house for Christmas. So I'm going to take charades. And then on the way back round, on the second round, I'm going to take mulled wine. No, I'm not. Oh, yeah, I am. I'm going to take mulled wine. Music to my ears. I knew you'd take charades, which is why I left it. Um, hanging. And I hate mulled wine. So um, absolute win in my book. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I get why you're taking mine. Charades is a classic, classic, classic game. But... Um, I think, you know, it's good fun. It, everyone can play it, but uh, the problem is you sometimes get the arguments uh, over it, and that could be uh, a bit of a bit of an issue. But uh, I like that; it's good thinking. So you've gone game and drink, yep. so I can leave those. So uh, okay, so on my two on the way back, I guess I better take 
the TV show and the song. Well, you know, I'm not really fussed about the song, um, full disclosure. So the TV show now for me, the most Christmas thing for me, and I wish I did this more, um, but we don't is there's two TV shows that I think are really synonymous with Christmas. So I'm going to go with the lighthearted one and I'm going to take only fools and horses. I think that is an unbelievable television show. Um, And even if they're not making the new uh, versions, I think just sticking that in on the DVD player or on gold or whatever it's on. I just think everybody can have a good laugh. It's timeless. It's a classic. It ages well. It's still just as good now as it was when it was released, if not even better. I think it's the most British television show to have everyone huddled around together and enjoy that as a family. Yeah, nice choice. And then as for the song, the song's difficult because really I'm not really fast. So I guess, I guess for the song, I guess if we were to have a song playing or sung, um, I think it would have to be the Pogues. I think that would be Fairy Tales of New York. I think that would be the song that we would have on listening to, or that would be the song that we would sing in good merriment with our drink yet to be determined by this draft um, whilst we play our board game, which is yet to be determined either. <laughs> Fair enough. So I've never really watched TV on Christmas Day. I don't... I don't even know what's on telly on Christmas Day. That's bad. What is it bad? I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll start now. The telly now is crap. Um, telly now is, and this sounds like an old man, like a parent thing to say, right? But, you know, things like Mrs. Brown's Boys, I don't think it's funny. I, no. I appreciate people do, and if you listen to it, don't at us. It's, just, it's not my sort of humour. Um, I find a lot of things funny. I don't find that funny. Um, my wife doesn't find it funny, um, which is, you know, if we don't find it funny, then that. You know, I'm just saying it's just not our sort of thing. Um, in recent years, you had Downton Abbey, which was quite a very traditional sort of British thing. And that was a good TV show. No, But yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, that, I think there's some real classics. I'm going to let you pick. I'm not giving you any more. And then I'll, I'll tell you uh, a couple that I would have chosen had I not got any fools. I just, I just don't know what I watch on TV on Christmas Day. Man. Okay, you've got so, soaps, you've got whatever. Uh, rubbish. So I'll tell you what, right, I'm going to watch on Christmas Day because I think it's it's one of the classics me growing up and I think if my boy gets to see it and enjoys it as much as I did growing up, then that'll be good. So I'm going to pick The Snowman, the TV program The Snowman. Oh, with the, I'm walking in the air. Exactly that, yeah. yeah good rendition fair. as well, man. I didn't think you had that note in you. Thanks, man. That was yeah. quite a boy when I, back in the day. Okay, cool. And what have I got left to do? I've got a, a snack and a song. Yeah, snack and a song. Okay, so I don't no, need... You, yeah, you didn't do song, did you? No, okay, so I think this song is probably a little past it by Christmas Day, but it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Michael Bublé is my complete... That is the best Christmas song ever written. I know Michael Bublé didn't write it, but that song, whoever sung it, is a genius. So that is going to be my song. And then I will, uh, yeah... Well, that's you. That's me. That's you until the the, the snack li- at last. So, I will finish out. Michael Bublé. Wow, you just you, you deliberately trying to lose this. It's amazing. Um, what are you talking about, Michael Bublé, mate? What are you? It's Mister Christmas. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he turns up at Christmas, he sings a month a year, and gets a fat paycheck and goes back to Canada. Thanks for coming. Someone's I'd doing like, it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Okay. So, so just to recap at this stage of the draft, you've got Snowman, um, Charades, Mold Wine, and uh, Michael Bubbles. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Correct. Um, whereas I have Only Fools and Horses, the leftover cold cup meats uh, and leftover lunch on the side and um, Pogue's Fairy Tale in New York. So I'll wrap up with my drink and board game. Let's go with the drink. The drink's got to be something that is delicious, um, wintry. Um, so my Christmas, to let you in, I will supplement, I will supplement many different drinks on Christmas. So it starts with the champers, always starts with the champers, right? Um, and the father-in-law loves his wine, so he always goes and buys loads of champagne, loads of wine. Then I'll have a couple of winter beers. I've got a very nice sort of chocolate porter, which uh, I'm going to have um, pre-dinner. Then it'll be wine at dinner. I'll probably go back to the porter. And then I will finish with uh, raiding my father-in-law's whiskey cabinet and have a very, very nice uh, whiskey on the rocks with just a tiny splash of water. That is nothing more Christmassy to me than that, except for maybe brandy. But uh, for me, just the personal preference, it'd be the whiskey, but I also do like the brandy. It was a close call, but I'm going to leave with the whiskey because it's more my love. <laughs> and then that leans me with a, uh, a, a, a game. So we have a... Um, we have a lot of board games. Um, now, I'm going to do a bit of a Jason Moore from the fantasy footballers here. I would rather go with the game that I would pick because it's quite obscure and not a lot of people um, play it or have it or have even heard of it. I'm going to go with something that I think is uh, a little bit more popular. And so five or six Christmases ago, my wife bought me uh, as a Christmas present Catch Brains, the game. With all the cards, as uh, with all the different uh, clues, so um, that would be my choice. Uh, would be catchphrase uh, the game. So similar to the charades route. Um, ideally, what I really want to do one day, but it hasn't happened, uh, m- mostly because I get told not to, is to play cards against humanity with my in-laws. That would be incredible. Um, it might get me banned from Christmas, which. <laughs> wouldn't be the worst thing no uh, that'd be quite funny um actually the game I, I would pick but no one's ever heard of is a game called uh, saboteur and please do at me if you have played this it's an absolutely phenomenal game where it's basically card based and you're miners and you have to build a track it's just with cards so you lay it down but one of you is all more than one of you depending on how many he's playing um it's the saboteur and you have to work out who the saboteur is and you have to try and stop them from blowing up the track so the saboteur might be quite helpful to gain the trust of everyone and then right at the last minute blow up some track uh, and make it very difficult for them to finish and if you're the saboteur and you um stop everyone from building the track then you get to keep all the gold and if you uh if they build the track then everybody shares the gold you do a number of rounds very very good game yeah it's amazing game we'll play it one day it's uh, incredible and get on amazon but um yeah no one would have heard of it so i'm going to take catchphrase amazing 
And then I suppose I finishes off with a snack and I just, I can't look past a mince pie at this point. Yeah, it's a dream. Absolute dream. I knew you go mince pie. Mince pie, mulled wine. You've just basically taken Christmas off a of television and just tried to recreate it. Which well, is that, no, that was my childhood growing up, man. That was pretty much what Christmas was. And that, that and snowballs. I love a snowball. Yeah, fair. Um, hats off to you. Can't stand mint pie. Can't stand mulled wine. So uh, you might have to excuse me if I don't come to yours for Christmas. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. I, I can put other stuff on. No problem at all. Love it. Yeah. Well, let us know who you think won Rush Nation. If Murph so, wins yeah. again, I might just give up this drafting Christmas Day business. So let's recap there. So I have gone with Only Fools and Horses, Leftover, Cold Cuts, Meats and Dunch, uh, Catchphrase, Whiskey, and The Pogues Fairy Tale of New York. And you have uh, gone with Mince Pies, uh, Mulled Wine. What did I have as my, my snack? Mince pies. Mince pies, no, sorry. Um, yeah, so my TV show, I had the snowman. My snack was mince pies. My game was charades. The drink was mulled wine. And a song was Michael Bubble. Bub- Bubble, you've even got me saying it now. Boo play. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Amazing. So yours is what you get on TV. And mine is more what happens in real life. <laughs> yeah, well, whilst we, uh, whilst we work out the ADP on who went where and what, uh, let's hear from the boys at 14 yards. Let's do it. Right, Rush Nation, it's probably around lunchtime now, dinner. I don't know, Murph, when do you have your main meal with Christmas Day? Stupidly, at one o'clock. Is that, too, what do you mean, stupidly, too early? Yeah. I'll tell you what, why don't we bring the two boys from uh, full 10 yards, Tim and Sean, in to tell us when they have their Christmas dinners. Uh, whenever it's been cooked. Man, uh, like that, that doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me with you, Tim. Get someone else to do the work for you. <laughs> There's a familiar voice there in short. Aye, aye, I didn't sign up for that. How are we doing, fellas? Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be cooking two lots of Christmas dinner, mate. One at one and one at two. So you, either of you can come and sit with me at one or two o'clock, whatever suits you, boys. Uh, uh, explain. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to do that. Quite simple. Too many people, not enough tables and chairs, unfortunately, boys. So we have to get half in at one time and half in at now rest in the kitchen. Wow, that's intense. See, it's, it's, it's stories like that. That's why I can't get on board with Christmas. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I'm no. not doing that. I'm not being funny. Not, not so bad when you've got a not, not so bad when you got a glass of wine on the go. Mate. Oh, I, I think I'd need more than that. I'd need like a tankard. <laughs> I need like ten. I, I need like I need a brewery. I think to get me through that. This is why <laughs> pizza delivery. If you can't get that, well, Japan KFC. There you go. That's a great, great tradition. I'm on board with that. Boys, thanks for coming on. Sean, you were on this last year, but you weren't with full 10 yards. You were here with um, all 32. So uh, why don't you update us on your journey and how you've come to full 10 yards? And Tim, welcome to Five Yard Rush. How's things with you? So for me, so for me, like you say, I was with the boys over at All32 last year, um, as you guys will attest to, quite difficult to, to break through. Um, and now only a few of us, it was difficult to, to, to keep it going, really. So um, we're all still good friends. We still talk quite a bit. Obviously, you guys are, are doing some work with Lee. Um, and me, and, me and Lee still keep in touch and I'm uh, still good friends with Chris. So all good for the experience. And thankfully, Tim was happy enough to accept me over at Full 10 Yards to uh, start providing some content with those boys over there of course yeah yeah very 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 glad to have you sean thank you mate merry christmas <laughs> you were wearing that brown scarf i gave you of course have a christmas <laughs> so boys 2019 nfl season is almost over how has it been 
and uh, what are your highlights so far? Uh, oh, we'll start. Oh, I'll start with that one. Twenty nineteen. Uh, being a Dallas fan, uh, unfortunately, it's the roller coaster that uh, even the Big Dipper at Blackpool is uh, is jealous of. Has had extreme highs and extreme lows. But personal highlight for me was um, putting putting a song on YouTube about Kellen Moore. Um, which was yeah, to the delight of the of the nation. Uh, not con- quite gone viral yet, but uh, yeah, the uh, creator Jason Garrett has been fired. Uh, has Jason Garrett been fired? Twitter um, it was probably the uh, low light of his season, uh, providing all the latest updates of whether or not Jason Garrett has indeed been fired yet. Unfortunately, the answer is still no at this point. It's only a matter of time, though, mate. It's only a matter oh, of time. For me, boys, I think you've know, been obviously disappointing as a Browns fan in terms of the season. Obviously, not lived up to expectations. Um, I wouldn't say it was a highlight from a you know particularly great point of view, but I suppose one of the standout moments of the season obviously did involve the Browns and the Thursday night brawl, um, which has completely derailed the back end of the season, to be honest. Um, but uh, it was quite interesting viewing at uh, 4.30 on a Friday morning. Um, but um, yeah, a bit disappointing really from my own team's perspective, but you know certainly another great season of action overall. Been some good games, some really good teams, and obviously looking forward to the playoffs kicking off shortly. I I'll, I'll be honest with you, fellas. I never thought that the four of us on a podcast and I'd be supporting the best team this season. You, know, <laughs> you think the Cowboys, the Browns, the Broncos and the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers are the best team of the four. It's just shocking. I, I, that is that's a damn indictment. It's a damn indictment to football that I've actually managed to find supporters of three teams worse than my team. That's the I'm thankful. This is like the best season I've had in ten years. <laughs> I have nothing to add to this. No, you don't. No, unfortunately, I, I haven't got a rebuttal either. <laughs> no, I think I think that's only because I mean Fangio, jury's out as a coach. We we've got a good coach, and you too. Well, I bet you'd both probably take a swap of coaches if it was offered. Oh yeah, absolutely. A swap with each other or just a swap in general? <laughs> yeah, a swap, a swap with each other. So I, I think, actually, Jason Garrett, I know he's probably going to end up in New York, but I actually don't think he'd be a terrible hire for the Browns because someone with experience and someone who can, you know, just at least guide a, a franchise that doesn't know how to win. And at least he has won games and got teams into playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to win a Super Bowl. Whereas Freddie Kitchens will bring a bit of energy and a bit of, almost like a bit of fun to, and also unshackle the rigidity that is the Cowboys. The Cowboys need to be sort of let loose. And the one thing that Freddie Kitchens has done in Cleveland is just said, boys, you do what you want. <laughs> there's no organization, there's no structure. <laughs> in that. And I think the Cowboys need a little bit of that. I think they need to be sort of freed because they're just not in shackles, it seems. I could, I could get on board on that, just to actually see Tim's reaction, to be honest. I think that'd be quite amusing in itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, Jason got to be the only one clapping at, uh, in the Cleveland Browns stadium, that's for sure, because not many people have been doing that this season. <laughs> nice, nice. So let's talk some fantasy football chaps. How many leagues are you boys in? Did you make any championship playoffs? Are you feeling confident if you did? <laughs> go on, Sean, I'll let you go first. So I'm, I'm only actually in two. I'm not a massive fantasy player, to be fair. I play DraftKings more than I do traditional fantasy, but I had a decent season when it comes to DraftKings. I'm still actually playing with money that I won in the first three weeks of the season, uh, although I could do with a win this weekend to boost the pot up, to be fair. Um, the two leagues that I am in was around about a 500 record, so no championships for me this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, my, my fantasy season, it's one of those where you actually wonder whether you want to come back next season because I think out of the the 13 or so leagues that I was in I managed to get first round buys in seven of them uh, which is, did take quite, quite some doing 
Um, but unfortunately, from the from the semi-finals, I only managed to make uh, I think four, five, three or four finals. But three, all yeah, all of those were money league. So in that in that respect, it's amazing how many when you, when it comes down to the crux of it, how many money leagues and how many free leagues. It's how much you don't give a crap about the free leagues, uh, even if they are with your friends. But yeah, I managed to to final I think three three money leagues, which is is pretty decent. So uh, am I confident? Yeah, I mean I've I've been uh, riding Lamar Jackson all season. He's been uh, quite easily the fantasy MVP for for sure in my in my perspective so um yeah um hopefully hopefully the squirrel can find a nut as uh paddy this would say <laughs> well fingers crossed for you mate in the money leagues <laughs> that's what it's all about well my clutch has just gone so yeah oh well you need a win then <laughs> yeah you're gonna land him i'm sure you're in uh you're in fine fettle as they would say yes, Peter Alice in the golf so let's just steer a little bit away towards christmas uh Sean, you were telling us how you're basically uh, work for free at Christmas by cooking enough to feed the village. Um, but what sort of Christmas traditions do the pair of you have uh, that you share every year? Uh, for, for me, Christmas, you know, old cliche, admittedly, but it is, it is very much about the family. I've got a job that takes me away from home quite often. So as much as it may well sound like work, you know, that is a, a tradition that I enjoy doing, to be fair. Like I say, again, in the kitchen, cracking the wine open, getting the turkey in the oven. Um, you know, I, I really do genuinely enjoy cooking for the family. So that's my sort of main tradition, if you like. Um, not overly exciting, admittedly, boys. Can't give you anything uh, anything glamorous, but uh, yeah, good quality family time. Sit down and watch the uh, the film of the afternoon while everyone sleeps off the dinner. That's uh, that's about as good as it gets for me on Christmas Day. Mm, yeah, for me, for me, I've got a couple of traditions. One is uh, watch Toy Story. That is my that's my Christmas film. Don't know why, it just is. Um, and then the other one is it's not Christmas unless I've played a game of Monopoly and a game of Scrabble. Wow, Monopoly. Let's hope that's over at early doors. Otherwise, it could be a double Boxing Day. Um, well, this is the thing. I, we used to do it on Boxing Day. So when I, uh, before I moved back, uh, up to Scotland and you know, years and years ago, we used to have a Boxing Day uh, Monopoly game. And I kid you not, there was the, the longest one for us. Was We started at seven o'clock in the evening. We didn't finish till half four the next morning. Wowzers. Did you win? I did. Yes, Tim, get in. I can't play the long game, mate. Play the long game. Can't tell if it was worth it or not. Well, no, it wasn't in hindsight. (laughs) To to this day, I've still not gone over it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, boys, very quickly, what would you like for your two teams in the 2020 draft? Very quickly. (laughs) Can can I say quite a lot? Um, New head coach... Offensive line depth, defensive <laughs> line depth. Yeah, quite, quite a bit, to be fair. Same as, same as every season. Let's have another rebuild. Maybe 2020 is the year to do Another it. one? Bloody hell, you've, re- you've had more rebuilds than Kate Price's face. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get it right. We'll, we'll, we'll get it right eventually, mate. We'll get it right eventually. I don't know if I can say the same for Katie Price. <laughs> Sorry for any Katie Price fans out there. Sorry, Katie Price. <laughs> if I just stunned, if I just stunned the room. It's my board. I've approved it. So <laughs> right, she's not allowed is she a big fan of the podcast I don't know. well if she is she should at us why yeah. not <laughs> she needs the money <laughs> what about you uh, what about the Cowboys what do they need in the 2020 draft Tim yeah I mean it's an interesting one I think uh, most people will say that we need safety help which is what we do but um, for me I really want some uh, O-line depth I know uh, 
uh, I know we've got a great O-line, uh, but I think we need to start integrating some young blood in there. I know we kind of do bits and bobs, and we had Connor Williams uh, recently as well, but I think we just need to keep tapping that up because you know, our, our, our offense is, is all about the run game and the offensive line. So defense is pretty much there, but obviously back-end uh, stuff would help as well. Safety, Jeff, Jeff Heath uh, is getting a bit on as well. So, uh, yeah, O-line and safety for me. Perfect. Love that. Guys, this has been great. Tim, we've got a Christmas hashtag. We have. Uh, the hashtag is Donta and Blitzen. Donta and Blitzen. Well, you heard it here first, Rush Nation. Boys, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your time. We will catch you down the road. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas to you, boys. Give up a good work and say, I hope, uh, hope Santa brings everything you want. Yeah, Merry Christmas, fellas. All the best. Well, there they were, Tim and Sean. Hope you were listening, Rush Nation. Right, Murph. Let's move on to the 2019 fantasy review. This is a difficult one for me. Why, why is that, mate? Because you beat me. You're like kryptonite, but we'll move on. How many titles did you win? Uh, so I won eight titles. Is that eight solo? Seven solo. And one, you and me. Okay, so I won six solo and then one with you. So I won seven. I think that's pretty good. That's a good haul. That's a good return. Um, I worked out I won a title in just over 20% of the leagues that I entered this year. So I'm quite happy with that, um, especially the amount of leagues we're in, yeah. the amount of times we could have got wrong. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how we drafted. Um, some of those titles we missed out on were injuries and what what normally happens through the season. You know, we, we made 28 uh playoffs which is incredible you know our hit rate was um was around about 80 percent that's a decent return on investment yeah i mean it's it's amazing work to to return those kind of numbers so you know uh all right 28 28 five uh, 28 playoffs and uh eight titles is uh perhaps eh, slightly under uh, i mean it, it could we were waiting on a recount on one, so it could be nine. <laughs> uh, we might have to let you know on the latest show where we're at because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was mightily close. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with, with that. Um, you know, you're looking at about a 30% conversion rate from playoffs to titles, which you'd like probably slightly better on that. We had a lot of teams that went out in the semifinals that actually would have dominated the finals, which didn't happen that week for us. Um, but we had some leagues that we just absolutely would have stormed the final with the highest score. Uh, it just didn't happen, which is which is what happens. But I think you and me, I think we had a very good season. We had a game plan that we stuck to um, fairly consistently. Um, and I think it worked, which is to take quite a few RBs early um, to get good wide receiver talent in those little middle rounds. Um, we waited on quarterback almost every time, unless it was a super flex league. And that really paid off. We didn't take too many tight ends early. Uh, we didn't really get suckered into the OJ Howard, uh, Evan Ingram. I think we did once or twice, but it wasn't a big thing for us. Um, and when we did, we, we didn't get very far. I think that was the big scuppering. But um, I think we just followed our methodology and we executed well in drafts. We did well on waiver wires. Um, we didn't get some of the players we, sh- we could have got on waiver wires. Um, I feel like Rush Nation was very clued up. <laughs> Um, and in some of the listener leagues I think we we got mirrored quite a lot but um, you know imitation is the greatest form of flattery for me so uh, we'll take that (laughs) absolutely no I mean what what are your thoughts 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty pleased with, after last year's absolute disaster in the playoffs and stuff, I'm pretty pleased with winning a few. It's nice to, I feel pretty sad for Max because I, I beat him twice in two of the three. He got to three finals and I beat him in two of them. So I'm sorry, Max, but I know how it feels because Murph did me as well. So, you know, ifs and buts and roundabouts and horses for courses and all of that business. But I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it this year. It's been... Do you know what I found most interesting mostly about this year is it hasn't been, uh, there's been times where I haven't, it's not been what I thought it was going to be whatsoever. There was just weeks where I thought, I don't know fantasy football at all. Do you know, uh, do you get that yeah. at all? Uh, I do and I don't, I understand what you mean. Um, there were some weeks I felt very strange. Um, I felt we were against the grain on some analysts. Um, so there were some analysts tweeting, this was an amazing week. We had a terrible week. And then there were just other times we were absolutely massive. Um, I think I think what we did well was we built teams to do well in playoffs. It was just whether or not we could get there and mm. get through the opening round because our teams in the last two weeks of, of play, for the most part, did reasonably well. And the ones that didn't, it just sort of fell apart. And they, were, they did really well this week. This week was a, a, an absolute monster uh, for us across the board. There was a lot of green on sleeper pretty much across the board. And, you know, we, we did lose a few, but we didn't lose um, a ton of games, even like the, the third place games that we played. You know, we, we lost a couple, but we didn't lose that many. Um, so I think I think we did a good job. Um, I learned a lot through the process. And yeah, an incredible season. Absolutely. Well, don't forget, Rush Nation, we are going to have the Rushy Fantasy Awards coming up real soon. So we'll be giving you our fantasy MVPs, fantasy draft busts, fantasy shocks, so on and so forth. Last year's was an absolute blast. So I can't wait for this year's. It's going to be pretty good fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the question I'd, I'd pose to you is, uh, and we'll do a Rushy, but just, just because I think we haven't really had time to break everything down and analyse it, but off the top of your head, who do you think is the... The fantasy MVP, and who do you think was the biggest fantasy shock? As in, you just didn't see that happening. Okay, so they could be one and the same, but mm. I will. I think most people would say Lamar Jackson would be their fantasy MVP, but I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson being the biggest fantasy shock, and that's because he got drafted later than perhaps somebody like McCaffrey or. My personal MVP is Michael Thomas purely because he's just broken the single season receptions. And if you drafted Michael Thomas, he's been one of the only wide receivers that's been consistently good all season. And if you did have him as well as a running back, I think that set you in really good stead. So obviously Christian McCaffrey has had an unbelievable fantasy season and will no doubt be the number one overall next year. But for me, my fantasy MVP is Michael Thomas. And then, yeah, my biggest fantasy shock is Lamar Jackson just because of how good he's been compared to what we thought he, he, he wasn't last season. I'd buy that. I, I would, I'd flip them. Uh, well, not flip them. I would have Lamar as my fantasy MVP purely because, and no disrespect to, to CMC or Michael Thomas, but you got what you drafted. You drafted them in that place to be that stud. Okay, you can argue whether they should have been as good as they were and the gap to the next player, but you drafted them to be a top wide receiver and a top running back. So I can't have, I mean, I can't really have them as an MVP when they've done what they should have done. Um, yes, they overachieved to a degree, but did they overachieve to 
the next level. Mm. CMC, you could make a, a, a small argument too. Michael Thomas, I think, had a, a good season, but um, and yeah, he broke the receptions record and, and hats off. A you know, great season, but I have to give it to Lamar Jackson because you, you took a guy who you were getting in the 13th, 14th, 15th. I mean, he, I, won, I won the Epsom League with him. I drafted him really late in, the, I think, the 12th, 13th round. Um, and, you know, he, he took me to a title. He took a lot of people to titles. You were getting him for free. It just is incredible. There were some people, uh, the guy who beat us in the standard listener league, he picked him up off waivers before the start of the season. Well, And there you go. Like, yeah, you know, he dropped, he, he dropped just his hell for him. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'll get Lamar Jackson. I looked at his schedule and picked him up. Brilliant play. He's what he's, he went fourteen and one, one or fifteen and one, uh, won the league. I mean, he drafted drafted brilliantly. You know, hats off to Paulinho. He, he did a great job. Uh, no, just no, no, no bad feelings towards losing to someone who just built a heck of a team, and to get him for free was incredible. So that's why he's my MVP. My biggest shock, believe it or not, is going to go to another quarterback, which is Ryan Tannehill. Now. I never believed in a million years that Ryan Tannehill would be a, a relevant fantasy quarterback. But if you picked him up midway through the season, he had that one good game early on. And if you picked him up after that and kept him, you and you didn't have to stream anymore because you were playing the streaming quarterback game, you got elite production, as in top three quarterback uh, production, top two quarterback production from anyone from week nine onwards. And that's mental to just get somebody midway through the season that, you know, is only beaten by Lamar Jackson from week eight, week nine, whenever it was, I have to do the analysis. And I think that's the biggest shock for me because I just didn't see that one coming. And we picked him up in a couple of places and used him. Um, and he did good for us. We had a couple of places that, that didn't. Um, the other one I would say is um, if I had to pick one, it would be Fitzy only because, well, here he was in Championship Week. I started him in a few places, and he came through good. So yeah, man, uh, I can't disagree with either of those. You know, I, I did say I'd have Lamar and as possibly my fantasy shock and MVP. So yeah. I can't disagree with you on that. And then Tannehill and Fitzmagic. I mean, those boys—they put the—they took the stream out of streaming quarterback, didn't they? <laughs> oh, they really did. And the fact that Fitzy was still under the thirty percent threshold in Week 16 was just laughable. I don't understand how that, that happened. Well, why don't we debate it a little more and let Rush Nation listen to the next interview and it's Sky Sports Jeff Reinbold and, you know, this one. The guy was in a pub, so it's an absolute blast. Hold on to your hats, Rush Nation. Here's Jeff Reinbold. Rush Nation, let's not mess about. We've introduced a few guests, but this one tops the bill. It's Jeff Reinbold. Jeff, welcome back to 5-Year-Old Rush. Merry Christmas. How are you doing? Hey, Meli Kalikimaka, as we say, back home in Hawaii. I love that. Yeah. That's just so much nicer than just like Merry Christmas. <laughs> it just, it's so welcoming. Like I feel like, and I'm, I'm you know, not... it's funny, man. Everywhere I, I say, well, everywhere, I, everywhere, everywhere I go, I hear it. Right? There's an old Bing Crosby rendition of it, and uh, it, it, you know, it tugs at your heartstring a little bit because you realize that you are a long way from home, homeboy. <laughs> well. I'd like to think this is also your home with uh, everything that you've done with NFL UK and Sky Sports and uh, and the amount of time you do spend here. So we hope we're uh, a good substitute or, or silver medal. Well, I'll tell you what, this is an indication of how at home I am here now after all those years and all that stuff you talked about is I am sitting in the middle of a pub right now and uh, there's nothing more English than that, I don't think. No, 
definitely not. I think that's uh, it's the perfect place to be on Christmas. That's for sure. So, so Jeff, 2019 season, we're we're about to head into week 17 as as this has gone out, or week 16. This is a few days in advance. Just peering back the curtain. How has the season been for you? What are your highlights and uh, of the season so far? Well, I think there's a number of things that you could point to in this year that have been you know highlights and maybe none bigger than the emergence of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And, and not just because here's a kid that, you know, came out of college with a lot of hype around him and then came to the NFL, really struggled throwing the football. And there was, you know, the concern was he'd never be able to throw the ball well enough. He built it really to me was, was genius. They built everything around the kid and his talent and, started looking at what he could do, not what he couldn't do. Yeah, he's been, he's been quite the emergence, isn't he? And, and you know what, Gatella, that's that is so different than the, than the prevailing mindset in pro football. Because, you know, you, you, you want to – coaches want to put the player – fit the player into the scheme that they're comfortable with. And Harbaugh went out and, you know, he, he changed – coordinators marty morningwig who actually played for me once upon a time he let him go and he brought greg roman up to court the coordinator position because greg had had a similar kind of quarterback you know under his brother in san francisco and then he they went out and actually went and visited a number of schools in the united states college football schools in the united states and coaches uh and, and brought some ideas from the option game in college football and implemented it in the NFL. And I'm old enough to remember when college, in college football, the wishbone was tearing everybody apart. And the NFL, you know, there was a question, well, why don't, why don't they take it to the NFL? And the NFL guy said, you can never run that college offense in the National Football League. Well, really, what the Ravens are doing is just a doctored-up version of the wishbone and they're they're playing pretty well i think they're going to go all the way this year i think they're going to win the super bowl well, i think there's a certain certainly a great chance now again san francisco is going to have a lot to say about that and don't you know you can't discount the patriots because they're the best coach team in football they play great defense and you know and, and these here's what's up about when you get into the tournament when you get into the playoffs it's losing your out football right so every game you know not to live in the land of cliches but the reality of it is anybody in pro football can beat anybody one time. So all you have to do is just get hot, get a couple of breaks. And the next thing you know, you're in the dance. And, and uh, you know, so again, there's no, there's no team I would look at right now and say, that's the team, you know, uh, that's going to win the Super Bowl. I really don't feel that way. I think the Ravens have a great, have a great chance. They run ball, play great defense, great special teams. But again, you know, there's so much that's going to play out yet. No, I agree. I think I think they've been the real shock. If you think when we if we were having this conversation 12 months from now, everyone was saying that John Harbaugh was finished, that he he's going to be out. He's not signing a new deal. He's going to be out in Baltimore. Um, it never looked likely that he he pulled off winning the division, got them into the playoffs, and now he's unearthed a new style of offense that the NFL has, has ever seen. And now that they are favorites for the Super Bowl, and I agree with you, I, I don't think that you can necessarily take that to the bank and think they're going to win it because they're the best team because we've seen it with the Patriots year after year. But 
they certainly have been the story of the NFL, and it's truly incredible um, what they have done so far. And it's exciting, and I can't wait for the next storyline. Yep, it is really that, and that's pro football. Now you look on the other side of the coin, and you say, you know, who are the who are the teams that you thought were going to play better and have disappointed you this year? Well, obviously, you know, there was a tremendous amount of hype around Cleveland in the off season. And they have just not delivered at all. I think the Chargers are another team that you look at and say, you know, there was a lot of talk about them. You know, this is they're close. They're all they need is, you know, a little push, and and uh, you know they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. And they have not played very well all year. Jacksonville's been a you know just a huge disappointment to me. I mean, this is a team two years ago we said is on the cusp. You know, they took the Patriots right to the wire in the AFC Championship game, and you know, here they are, like, you know, they're a bad football team. I mean, they're a bad, they're just a bad football team. And so, again, I, I think you've got to understand our game is so different than so many other games out there and that, that, you know, it's just get hot, stay healthy, get on a roll, and have a great year. I mean, guys, you know, like I say, two years ago, everybody was anointing Sean McVay as the next genius and – you know, everybody's going to follow what the Rams did, and everybody's trying to find the next young, hot guy. And, shoot, they went into Dallas last weekend with a lot to play for and just got drilled. And I mean drilled. Yeah, I think it's fascinating for sure. And I'm glad you bring up the coaching because one thing I'm really keen to talk to you about is your amazing um, CFL season with the Hamilton Tiger Catch. Or, for those of you that don't know, our special teams coordinator there. So, you made it to the Grey Cup. So talk us about your amazing season with the players you've had there in, in the CFL. Well, you know, every, every new season is, is a new football team. That's the way it is today. Yeah, I mean, the days of, you know, those great Steeler teams and the great 49er teams and the dynasties of the past, the past where you kept your roster every year, it, it, days are gone. Free agencies changed the game. And the same thing's true in our league, in Canadian Football League. So – we felt like we had a good team going into the season, but you never know. And, you know, the players that we have bought in, they did a great job. We finished 15-3 and three and really were a dominant team down the stretch. We won nine straight games, and, and the, I think the average margin of victory was about 18 points. But like I said, you get into, uh, you know, we got a buy in the first round of the playoffs. We played the next round, and then we go to play a team that we'd beaten twice during the course of the season. And it was one of those deals. And I thought our kids were ready to play. It was one of those deals where from the very start of the game, you know, a ball tips off a receiver's hands, they pick it off, and can the quarterback get the sack and the script, and they get the ball again on a short field. And we could never get the momentum back on our side. So do I think we were the best team in, in you know, in, profession, in our professional football? Yes, but the reality of it is on that one given day, we didn't perform, and they hoisted the championship trophy, and they, you know, stood underneath the confetti, and they had the, you know, the parade when they got back to their city, and we went back, and, you know, we're going to go to work, and that's life in pro football. There's one team at the end of the year that's happy, and everybody else is going back to try and find a way to get to be that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just find it fascinating, and hopefully in the next couple of years, the CFL will be, 
even more accessible to watch games. Um, I know you can watch them online and there's lots of great ways to, to watch it. It'd be great to see it come on to a Sky Sports or uh, a network where you can actually watch the games. And I definitely think there's a market to have it uh, aired more than it is, especially with the great work you're doing and, and the association you have over here with a lot of football fans. Well, we've got a great fan base over here. We, we uh, Ticat Nation UK is, is growing every year and, you know, our fans will stay up and watch the game. You can get our games on BT Sports because our games are broadcast on ESPN and ESPN Family and Network, so you can catch us on BT Sport. Um, and, and, again, one of the things that our league's involved with right now, just like the NFL, is the globalization of the game. We're going to have a combine in England in January um, for English players. We have, uh, we have a program now where we have one active – international player and we have uh two on the practice roster next year that goes to two actives and three practice roster spots so we'll actually have five kids who are what we call global players that means they're from countries outside of the united states and canada and there will be english players playing in our league next year incredible amazing amazing so jeff let's finish it up with your christmas traditions what do you do for christmas normally Well, a little bit depends on what's happening because if the NFL is playing, then I'm broadcasting the game. And if, if the NFL is not playing, then, you know, I, I depends on, you know, where my family is and what's going on now. As a kid growing up, um, it was kind of fun because my dad was in professional baseball for most of my childhood. And he typically would go to coach in the winter ball, which is the instructional league in Florida for the minor league players the young players they were trying to develop and so most of the Christmases that we had at that time we would get a little you know a little two foot or three foot Christmas tree where we could find it take it out to the beach stick it in the stick it in the sand in the beach decorate the tree and that's where we'd have our that's where we'd have our Christmas and so I've tried to carry that that tradition forward in Hawaii but um, you know if I'm over here uh, usually I'll spend it with friends and and uh, and family Amazing. Great way to spend it. Um, I have done uh, just after Christmas in Hawaii once upon a time, many, many moons ago. And I know where I would rather be for Christmas. <laughs> uh, but uh, appreciate that you are, are here helping us uh, get through the rest of the, the season. This has been uh, an absolute blast as always to, to catch up with you, Jeff. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and hope that the playoffs and everything are as great as the season's been. Keep up the coverage. It's incredible. Um, it's been really, really good next level this year. And uh, thank, thanks as always for, for everything that you do. Well, I got to say thank you to you guys because um, we're all involved in the same process. We're all involved in trying to grow the greatest team sport in the world. And, and that's not to take anything away from or cast shade on any other sport. But I just really, truly believe that football is, it is a special game. It's a different game. And again, it's been so much fun to be a little bitty, teeny tiny part of watching this sport grow in the UK. And, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll keep coming over here and doing this until they tell me they don't want me anymore. So, you know, I, that's just how passionate I am about this, this game in this country. Amazing stuff. Well, it comes across and, uh, my Christmas wish for you this year 
is that Leeds uh, go one step further and get themselves <laughs> into the Premier League this year. They're in good spot right now. They're 10 points clear of uh, third place, which would get them in. So uh, let's hope they don't collapse and, and get in for, for your sake. All I'm saying is that guy up in Liverpool, that German coach up in Liverpool, he better watch out because if Dirty Leeds gets back to the Premiership, it's over. i get behind that jeff thanks so much for your time merry christmas to you yeah we'll look forward to speaking to you in 2020 same to you guys take care cheers jeff all right aloha so that was jeff aloha aloha i love having jeff on it was it was great um he's such a cool guy to talk about cfl and um i plan to watch some more of that next year i didn't i didn't get to watch enough um but I think it's uh, it's great what he does and what he does for NFL UK and the way he interacts with people and comes on podcasts and he's just so good with his time and yeah, he's got some amazing stories. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Right, Murph. We've done AFC. Let's talk NFC and let's talk your Super Bowl contenders, the 49ers. I'm just amazed with the 49ers. Um, you know, I think they've done a heck of a job and I said this um in one of the other interviews, I feel like they're the most balanced uh, team. I feel like they've got uh, a great complement of run and pass um, and a good defense. I think they're just balanced everywhere, and that's why I like them. I think they're, they're about hardened. They play three 10-win teams in a row in the season. I think that's important. I think it gives you a sense of um, preparation unlike any other. And I think you know, they had some tests and they, they had some wobbles and they've overcome that to win big games. So um, they shocked everyone with their performance this year. Everyone kind of touted them a year too early. Everyone was on them when Jimmy G won like five straight towards the end of the season, two seasons ago, then he gets injured and then they were pretty rubbish. And then last season, then they've come back in a big way, drafted Nick Bosa, who's probably going to win defensive rookie of the year. Um, they're just great everywhere, everywhere they've got talent. Um, you know, they got Emmanuel Sanders halfway through the season. He's revitalized that offense. Um, George Kittle won the best tight ends in the game. So fun to watch. Um, Debo Samuel's come good. Um, they're a nightmare from fantasy perspective because they chop and change from Coleman to Moster to Breeder. Um, but every time they have an injury, um, you know, they lost Quan Alexander in the linebacker core and they still just always overcome I think they've probably got the best defensive front in football I think they've got a great O-line I think John Lynch's done an incredible job um, I just I just love watching them every time they, they play I think they play great football and uh, yeah I think I just think they're the most balanced I think they've had the biggest tests um, especially out of the NFC teams I think they've had not the most to overcome because I'd argue the Saints probably have but I think they they've had the toughest schedule and they've they faced it heads on and if they go on to win the one seed I think they they deserve everything they get absolutely talking of overcoming you just mentioned the Saints they they overcame losing Drew Brees for five games in which they were people were worried that they might not win those five games and if they could win a couple wait for Brees to get back but Teddy Bridgewater came in and absolutely lit the place up Michael Thomas was Michael Thomas the only thing I would say about the Saints is their run game's not been anywhere near as good as it's been in previous years, has it? No, I mean, it turned up uh, It turned up in week 16 with a bang, and those of us that had Alvin Kamara, who hadn't scored a touchdown in 10 weeks or however long it had been, uh, he he sort of paid his draft stock and won you a championship on, on Sunday. But he's been a nightmare 
um, if you draft him in the 104 spot, he has been a real pain. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You've not got your value back on your pick unless you got to a final like I did with him in a couple of teams and and he came good. Uh, but you've had to really navigate the waters there uh, to, to survive. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater did a great job. Um, Michael Thomas, exceptional. They don't really have a second receiver. The, the, probably the unsung hero here, especially from a fancy perspective in the last few weeks, has been Jared Cook. Mm. He's been absolutely unbelievable down this stretch. If you had him coming into week 10, he was putting up tight end one numbers all the way through. And he is that living proof that you don't need to draft a tight end because he put up fantastic numbers down the stretch. Darren Waller is another one for the, the Raiders. And, you know, I'd argue that probably no tight end finished better than Jared Cook. Uh, two touchdowns championship week. I had a team that had Kamara and Cook, um, which was perfect. It paid off. But, yeah, I think uh, the Saints have done an incredible job coaching, but they are one of those teams for me that just can lose. Yeah, um, they can lose any game. I don't. I don't have the confidence in them that I do in other teams in this in this playoff. Well, there he is, Murph, the second person to come on the podcast. They've done a whole trip around the NFL stadiums in one season. Yeah, amazing. We seem to be finding them from everywhere. They're probably the only two Brits as well that have done it. Um, if there is anyone else who have done all all the stadiums in one season, come on, let's complete our monopoly set and and plug you in. I think I'm going to try and do it, Murph, on a motorbike when I retire. Sounds good, mate. Maybe I'll come along with you. Let's get a sidecar. <laughs> oh, but just get. Oh, I tell you what, Paul. I'm gonna. I'm never gonna retire, and you're gonna retire in. I don't know, twenty years, maybe. So we'll <laughs> just we'll get, we'll get the boys, and we'll get a couple of massive Harleys, and we'll just travel across America. That sounds good, mate. I'd love that. That's, yeah, I'm gonna put that to the wife as soon as we jump off air. Okay, NFC part two. Let's start with the purple eaters, the Vikings. They've been solid, but not exceptional. Yeah, I think I think they've had a reasonably good season. Um, you know, full full disclosure, we're actually recording this on the night of Monday Night Football with the Packers, uh, who I think are probably the worst 10-11 uh, win team in the history of the NFL. I just think they're they're pretty poor. Um, I think they don't. They haven't played good football all the way through. Um, and if someone was to tell me that the um, Vikings win this game, uh, it wouldn't shock me. You know, you're talking 11-3 Packers versus the 10-4 Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins has been good. Uh, Dalvin Cook, this is where they get hurt. We, we kind of knew that Dalvin Cook's an injury risk. And he's proved it uh, again. So can Mike Boone do the job and and get them into the division title lead um, to go ahead and win the division title that you know you'll know this as you're listening but that's a, a big question if I looked at the coaching staff I'd rather have the Vikings than the Packers I'd probably have the Packers players but I think that the Vikings have I've, I'd say they played this season to the max I do, there isn't times I look at them and think like they're taking plays off or they're not playing to their full potential. I think they're playing as as well as they can. And I think they're almost like the Bills of the AFC. They're kind of not the most talented, but they, they're the ones that if you had to point to a team and say they put in maximum effort every single week and do the absolute best with what they've got, I, that for me is what the Vikings is. Yeah, I couldn't. I think that's a spot on evaluation right there. Talking about and how good, and they've Gordon had injuries Lund- as well. So they've had Phelan 
has pretty much been out for the best part of the season on and off Diggs uh, had the whole contract issue and was he going to stay is he going to go he's played well uh, yeah I mean yeah, even even on the defensive side of the ball as well Xavier Rhodes has been knocked up and banged about and, and not his usual good self so exactly that I think, I think they played they played to as well as they, they could for the most part I think uh, I think they're an interesting threat in the championship in the playoffs um it's just whether or not they they finish as the the sixth seed or the three seed, but um, they're going to be an interesting challenge for for anybody. Mm. So talking about two teams now who who haven't played to their best abilities, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Rams. I, I think the Cowboys have probably been the worst uh, the worst team uh, from a coaching and talent perspective in the NFC and I think they sit with the the Browns. I think they are the Browns of the NFC, a team with a stacked roster with stacked personnel and, and Demo kind of uh, alerted to this um, in his interview that just haven't, haven't played and to, you know, when all their supporters want their coach fired, I think that's a pretty damning statement into just where they are right now because they should have won this division at a canter and we're going to come to Sunday and they're probably going to lose it. And that is just unacceptable. Unacceptable. Considering the fact that Philly, Philly are playing players like Greg Ward, who was nowhere to be seen at the start of the season. You know, they've lost so many players, the Eagles to injuries and it's just next man up, next man up. It's to the point. It's a joke. Like who they I mean, I, I joked on the podcast that Wentz's mum was going to come out and run roots because there wasn't anyone left. Um, <laughs> you know, they talked about the the backup quarterback running roots as a wide receiver because he played the position in college because they don't have any receivers. Like this is how this is how deep it's got, and yet they absolutely dominated the Cowboys on Sunday. It was embarrassing how bad it was. The scoreline made it a lot closer than it was, and I just think the Cowboys are the worst. I'd argue it's probably one of the worst seasons I've ever seen because other than other than that one win, um, I think they beat the Rams. They did, yeah. Yeah. So you take that one win out, their their entire season has been a joke. It's been an absolute joke. They haven't beaten anybody worth a, worth a salt. Um, so, uh, yeah, I just... You know, the sooner that they make a change, the, the better. The Rams, I feel a little bit for them. I think... I think everybody found out about Coach McVay. He's a great coach and he's an innovative coach and he'll come back and he'll be stronger. But this game isn't as easy as he makes it out to be. And he's learned that this year. Um, people find out. People, It might take him a season, but they start to work out how to beat you. And ultimately, the Rams just got beat. They got beat. They just um, they got beat a lot because they, they're a good team, but they're not a great team. Um Goff has been found out as a quarterback. He's getting targeted. He's getting hit. He's dropping the ball a lot, and he makes a lot of unnecessary plays. Um, defense has been good, not great, and they've been found. I mean, they got torched. I mean, Tampa put a franchise record, 50, 55. I can't even remember. It was so many points. I can't even remember how many points <laughs> they put up on them. I mean, they got torched by teams. Teams, San Francisco, too, last week, they absolutely annihilated them. It's just... Uh, I think I think I think what you've realised with the NFL is you always have to evolve, and it makes what the Patriots do so much better. That just because you have a system that works doesn't mean that system's going to work for five years or ten years or even three years, and that's what Sean McVay's worked out. And they'll be better next season, but I think it just got caught up. 
Yeah, I think that's spot on. Absolutely spot on. Well, we talked about the Cowboys. Why don't we get another Cowboys fan on? You know, last Christmas we had the boys from the Fantasy Fam on. What's Christmas without family? So here's Anthony from the Fantasy Fam talking about the Cowboys and the Fantasy Fam's fantasy year. God, that was a tongue twister. Take it away, Anthony. <laughs> Rush Nation, we're back. And we've got a returning Christmas Day guest. It's Anthony from the Fantasy Fam. Welcome back, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How how are you? I'm excited yeah. to be back. I feel like it's been too long. Yeah, way too long. It has been. I mean, we we chat fairly frequently over Twitter, but it's always good to hear those dulcet tones of yours. It's been uh, it's been quite a while. What things are new since uh, since you were last on? What's been going on in your life, man? I am a married man now. Uh, my brother is actually expecting next year. So he'll be a father. I will be an uncle, and I guess Kyle. I, I don't know. I guess he'll he'll, he'll be an uncle, cousin, <laughs> something, cousin, uncle. You'll have a title. Call it. <laughs> uh, so let's talk some 2019 yeah. NFL. How, how's it been for you? You got highlights, lowlights. What's going on? Oh man. Uh, I mean, as I, I feel like the past few years have just been so unique to say the least. I mean, if you look at the rankings and how people are performing and I mean, I made a couple bold predictions preseason that I was very happy with that I actually nailed spot on James Winston. I'm very happy about that. He's probably the worst, best quarterback or best, worst quarterback, whatever, (laughs) however you want to, you know, call it. Um, Hang on. He's uh, the 2020 MVP. Be very careful what you say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's right. That's right. We got a Tampa fan here. In, uh, Listen, in when he wins the 2020 there. MVP, I'm going on a tour, <laughs> and I'm going to take a victory lap. <laughs> By the way, where did you where did you put him in your rankings this year? I had him at six, actually. Right, I had him at five. Where is uh, he? It was either I'm pretty. Sure, it was either six or five. I think I had him at. So yeah. I don't you had him at six. I remember because I was one up on you. I said, we yeah, had this, I think we had that a slight it, yeah. debate. I don't know where I had him. You had you didn't have him. You didn't have. I think you were like you were top ten on him. Yeah, that's fair. He's overperformed. Twenty twenty MVP. Calm down, son. When, when he wins it. <laughs> when he wins the twenty twenty MVP. I'll tell you what. If it, scenes, oh when he wins God. the twenty twenty MVP, I'll take you out for dinner. Let, let's not forget that a year ago, if anybody had said a year ago that Lamar Jackson is going to win the twenty nineteen MVP, we would have probably ousted them from the community you uh, definitely would have yeah you would have run him out and not lamar jackson i mean I, I did say a year ago <laughs> that he couldn't throw a football and now he's proven that he can throw a football a certain way still not completely sold that he's the best passer ever seen but he's a phenomenal incredible player yeah i couldn't i i still can't believe his performance no, it's pretty, as, it's as pretty well as probably three quarters of the entire NFL world. <laughs> <laughs> so come on then, give us your Super Bowl prediction. So I actually, I do think the Ravens are going to make it, um, not only because of their running game and the way that Lamar is playing, but I think their defense has started stepping it up. I mean, with Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith in the secondary, and I just think Harbaugh's got something going right now, and I see them. And then the NFC... There's four teams that are 11 and three, but they might as well be eight and eight because I have 
no idea from the NFC. I mean, you got the Niners that just lost to the Falcons. You know what I mean? Like the Rams got smoked by the cow. Like, but I think I actually think it's going to be Ravens Saints. I think Drew Brees will get back to another one, and I don't. I can see the Saints. I can see Drew winning another one though. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think that's a pretty realistic Super Bowl. Murph's Murph's not quite there with with us, but it's, it's definitely not going to be the Saints. It'll be any of the other five. <laughs> I say any of the other five. It's not going to be the winner of the any uh, NFC least. So, I mean, you can discount. Whoever whoever makes it out of the NFC least, you can pretty much ignore, <laughs> and you can ignore. <laughs> but I think the other four. So no, you can't count the Packers. They're not going to do it, right? How are they eleven and three? I, I, still, a, I don't understand that. So you can ignore them. <laughs> uh, but I listen. I think the Vikings, as unlikely as it might be, the Vikings wouldn't be the biggest shock. The Seahawks wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm going with the 49ers. I think the 49ers, if I look at all the teams in the NFC, they're the only team I think have, they're, that they're good on both sides of the ball. True, true. The Saints aren't bad, but they're struggling to run the ball. The yes. Seahawks aren't great defensively. The Packers aren't great offensively. The, the winner of the NFC least is just poor. Um, and they're probably going to get in with a 500 record. And... A missing one. Hawks? I said the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks aren't great defensively. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I think they're the only balanced team. And then you got either the, Cow- the Cowboys or the Eagles, which... Well, the, yeah, the NFC least. They don't count. Stop they're saying right. least. It's confusing yeah, the bejesus out of me. What? The least is in there. The <laughs> I least know I know what you're doing, but I can't work it out as it comes out your mouth. It's causing me issues, man. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the plan. I like to throw a curveball this late. It's Christmas Day! Is sitting right next to you? he's just there but the camera doesn't go that far we'll leave it we'll leave it like that for now yeah it's a small it's a small camera so let's talk some fantasy football Anthony how many leagues you win how many championship playoffs did you make and are you feeling confident Mm. so I started out with 10 and then I got ousted in your in your very well um, I'm I'm excited for it for next year uh, that Survivor that you uh, started this year, but I got destroyed the first week because my quarterbacks were uh, Sam Darnold and Nick Foles, so that worked out really well. Um, then it was nine, so I made the playoffs in four. I lost three, and I'm alive in one. And I am currently in second place in a points league, though. I'm 34 points behind the, behind the leader, so. Well, that's makeable. Yeah, that one is actually still, we definitely covered a lot of ground this week. Um, so I'm excited about that. I, I like the points. I think it's good because it goes all the way to week 17, which is pretty sweet. Uh, week 17. I know it's points, but there's just something about week 17. No. It's toxic for me. Oh, the, line, the lineup that we start on week 17 is, is just, you're like, really? Who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we, we have a home dynasty league that, Stocks invited me to this year, and I picked up a an absolute dumpster diver of a team that couldn't. It, it basically was doomed to finish zero and zero and fourteen. I got it to five hundred seven and seven, and my playoff game. I'm in the consolation bracket, but I was I literally put more effort into the consolation bracket than I did in any game this year because it meant if I won this week, I didn't have to play in week seventeen. I basically have to play mm. a fifth place matchup in 
I, I, you know, I don't know how that happened. It's the way that you structured the playoffs. I'm just saying that yeah. <laughs> my, my, my plan, my incentive was because the, the other problem I have is, you know, normally you go right where you tank it, you get your dynasty pick next year, but whoever owned the team before me traded away my first round pick next year. So I don't have a pick. So I'm also incentivized to finish as high as possible to screw over the person that has my first round pick. <laughs> If you, I mean, you've thought it out. I really have. If I come fifth, that's a top half finish with the team I had to start. The only players I have left over from the original roster are Alan Robinson and Greg Zerline. Oh boy! I turned the entire roster over. <laughs> oh my god! I would Alan love Robinson to see that the team. Best player I had. I don't know, Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah, but I had no one, so I had to trade him for picks. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. You, you. Ah, uh, Philip Lindsay. I traded him. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. I traded him. He has some sellable oh, good, assets. Good trade on. Good trade on that, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I should have flipped him for DK in a first when it came in. I Ooh. should have done it. I should have done it. Play a long but game. On now it. you. Now you say it. You know, we we don't we don't know these things before they have. No. <laughs> Nah, well, whatever, man. Whatever. Good luck in 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 your in your final championship you can get to. So let's talk Christmas. It is Christmas Day. You got any family traditions? Any Christmas Christmas traditions that you do? Uh, so having lived in Texas, I mean, it's been kind of tough to get back to New York, you know, with the family and everything like that. But growing up, my brother and I, we always used to exchange our gifts on Christmas Eve every single year. So I guess that was a tradition when we actually lived in the same state. Um, currently, we do not. Uh, he's like 1,500 miles away. They have posts there, though. But, <laughs> but they, <laughs> we have Amazon, yes, so we can just <laughs> just overnight it too. <laughs> but uh, so my my uh, sister in law actually they uh, they live in Austin, so they're about three hours drive. So we've been going down there for the past couple of years, you know, celebrating with them and my nephew and whatnot. And uh, my uh, my wife's mother also lives down there with them, so. We're starting starting to create our own traditions now. Nice, you know, a lot of like that. a lot of drinking and and building building his presents the night before. So we have some drinks and then we put together like a power wheels. Nice, I like it. Sounds festive. Yeah. That's a good Christmas. Oh man! So let's get real. Santa doesn't come in December for the NFL. He comes in April. So Santa, what do you want him to bring your team in the 2020 draft? Oh God. I mean, I know that I am a Cowboys fan. Sadly, I don't. I don't know how I still am after everything they've put me through since you know since winning a Super Bowl in 1995. But if Jerry Jones could sell the team, I mean, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, London's looking. Uh, or because I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, probably right there. You go. I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I think they maybe need someone in the secondary. I'd say, yeah. I think I think they need they need someone to step up on the defense, uh, but obviously they need to get a coach first and somebody that can actually not maybe clap. be a GM as well. <laughs> yeah, then not clap and look confused all the time, befuddled. <laughs> so who who knows? I mean that that team has it could have all the talent. Like you could have all the talent. I mean, look at Cleveland; they're they're a dumpster fire. I mean, Dallas isn't quite as bad as that but so i think a, a nice person in the secondary 
they could add because who knows if they're going to re-sign Byron Jones. Um, yeah. I'd like that. And then hopefully... Nice. Nice. So do you have any sort of exclusives for the Fantasy Fan Podcast you can drop on a Christmas special here? Um, yeah, so we're still recording, still out, still getting yelled at on Twitter for getting things incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's, I mean, it happens. We're all, we're all human. We break it down exactly how, you know, we would for you. And if it's wrong, all right, sorry, it's wrong. Get over it. Get lost. Clearly you can't make the decision by yourself. <laughs> but next year we are definitely going to try to get more guests on the show and whatnot, try to do more cross promotions um, with other podcasts, such as uh, our good boys over in London from the five yard rush. But, and then we're also going to, I guess like a kit almost, but but kind of make it our own and maybe see if we can do it all digital. I don't know if I haven't really gotten any ever. So maybe you guys can fill me in on that, but I think we're going to look in, into doing something like very digital so that we can constantly update it instead of like buying like a book or something like that. So cool. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, man, we can, uh, we can certainly chat offline and, and, and spread some ideas and stuff. That'd be fun. Hell yeah. Awesome. Right, bro. Well, we got to bounce because the Christmas pudding's just turned up and it's on fire and I don't want to miss the show, but no, man, this has been good. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking with you guys. It's been too long. Like I said before, Definitely, definitely. Well, the off-season is now very long ahead of us, so uh, we'll catch up soon. But, Anthony, you and your family, man, Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll catch you in 2020. Take it easy, fella. Yeah, you, you guys as well. And uh, Murph, you know, Merry Christmas to the uh, to the little one. His first Christmas. Thanks, mate. He's uh, right. turned up for it, so, you know, we have to, <laughs> have to knock it down. He's, he's good. To be, uh, I'm sure the wife will make him wear some elf in training sort of onesie type thing so um the great thing is is that being around the in-laws and everything we can just pass them around all day and uh i might go get some sleep or damn straight love that yeah right exactly you got everyone else all around (laughs) i might go get might get my drink on we'll see what happens merry christmas everybody (laughs) merry guys and uh yeah and, and a happy new year i'm sure i'll talk to you before before new year's too 100%, 100%, man. My man. We'll catch you soon. Laters. Boom. There it is, Rush Nation. That is the Christmas guest finale. That was Anthony from the Fancy Fam. Hope you enjoyed that one. Murph, man, that was it. All seven. We're done. Well, this has been a long show. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We have uh, great listeners. Um, we're giving away two great prizes. So we've mentioned... Uh, one of them in the in the show um, but we should mention it again i'll leave that to you okay so yeah we, we're giving away a signed donta foreman jersey uh the i'm not going to say the hashtag now in case somebody smart decides to listen to the very end of the podcast hoping that they will get it well you won't you're going to have to listen to the whole thing but it is a signed donta foreman jersey and the rules for the contest same as last year they're going to be open for 48 hours Matt. Yeah, so we will give them until midday on the 27th. Yep, perfect. Midday well, on the 20th. Yeah, that's good with we me. Should, we should probably clarify that midday is 7 a.m. Eastern um, and 4 a.m. Well, that's about fair Western. Let's make it... See, uh, well, why, don't make it why don't we make it 4 p.m. our time and then that's 8 yeah, o'clock so Western. 
Yeah, then... four... there you go. So it's eight o'clock west, um, and it's eleven a.m. Eastern and ten a.m. Central. And and you're anywhere else in New Delhi? <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> uh, nine thirty. They're five and a half hours ahead. See, I don't even know. I just made that. Up. No, there you're close. Uh, they're five and a half ahead. I've uh, been doing some calls to India recently, so um, yeah, so I know that. So yeah, so and if you're anywhere else in the world, Canada, our, our new favourite province over there, um, uh, Bulgaria, where we randomly charted uh, on Spotify. Uh, anywhere else, you should all be able to figure it out. So 4 p.m. on the 27th, uh, GMT. Uh, get that hashtag. Whatever you do is uh, send that to us privately because if you put it on uh as a reply then everyone's going to start retweeting it which is great for us um but not but, so good for you because there's less chance you'll win it absolutely um but please do get involved it's a great prize i know a texans fan or two that would absolutely love it but just as uh, something to go in your man cave or uh garage or wherever you would like to hang a shirt um it'd be great to hand it out we are also going to give away a second prize which is going to be something a t-shirt from the five yard rush uh clothing range that you have designed yourself well i can't take all the credit lee helped me out massively okay. but yeah we will uh how, how are we going to designate that prize then Murph? so we'll just we'll just whoever's done the hashtag first prize oh, so i we'll, see first prize will get the the signed jersey the second prize We'll get the um, the t-shirt, the t-shirt, banging, banging. Well, you know, so, and you we... get to pick the design. So amazing, and yeah. they're not available to everyone yet. So it's a limited edition, exclusive, world exclusive, I guess. Yeah, you're you're gonna be you could, but you know, not. I don't own all the designs. The staff don't own all the designs. So it could be the very first one of that design out on the streets. There you go. That's See? exciting. It really is. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, make sure to uh, retweet. So the rules are you have to send us the Twitter post, but you also have to retweeted our Christmas Day episode on Twitter or shared on Facebook. Um, So we'll be able to see who has retweeted and or who has shared. If you give us the hashtag but haven't retweeted the post, you won't be eligible. Love that. Well, listen, Rush Nation, we wouldn't be who we are without you guys. And uh, we massively appreciate the love, which is why we give up. Well, I don't say we give up our Christmas Day, because like Murph said, this is pre-recorded. Murph, you gave up the pretense like 17 minutes before the end of the podcast, man. I thought we were going to make it this year. <laughs> I think we gave it up a little bit before then. You saw the <laughs> but, but yeah, I just, I, I just. I know, but it's, uh, it's, listen, it's, it's great fun to do this. Um, we're very privileged to have everybody who does listen, uh, listen. Um, anybody who interacts with us knows that we just do this because we love doing it and we love people who listen. We love people who interact. We have an incredible off season, as you've already alluded to. We are not taking uh, a, a beat here. We're going to continue to put out podcasts. We're going to p- continue to get amazing guests. We already have amazing guests lined up for the new year um, and we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going through the off season like we did this year. We didn't take a week off. Um, we will put content out. We will write articles. It will be less frequent than uh, what we do now but we have plenty of analysis and there's lots of things i want to do during the off season uh to put some content out but especially when it comes to the podcast we'll just keep getting guests uh when things happen we'll we'll get on the mics and we'll 
we'll share it out um also an opportunity for any of you to come join us off season's a great time um pitch us what you want to write and if it's good we'll we'll take it um and you know we're looking for more people to join our staff not just from a a writing perspective we need people who are going to help us from a social media perspective or people who are going to help us um in other ways so if you think actually i just want to join the team let's listen to what you got and if if we you know if we think there's value in it then let's do it let's make it work um, 100%. we keep pointing to people like ash ash is someone who you know he 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 started writing a couple of pieces to us and all of a sudden he started doing a podcast with Lee. Lee was on a different site. Um, that site ceased to continue. Uh, he's now with us doing website stuff, designing stuff, and he's Mr. Creative um, and is influential um, to everything that we do. Nick recently came on board. Andre came on board. And I've known Andre for a few years, but you know he started recently writing for us and and there's room for for many others to write and to do whatever so if you just want to do this as a passion project and just have a bit of a laugh um and be part of the team you know with with rich as well and you know then then great but i guess we should thank our our amazing staff for everything they've done for us we should yeah i mean we 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 can't thank you guys enough for, for stepping up and stepping in when we've needed you and you know, we couldn't put out what we put out today without all of your help. So I know from me and, and Murph especially, it's, it's a big thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I, we have exceptionally high standards. And sometimes that, um, you know, it, it doesn't become difficult. We, we're very easy people to work for and, and with, I, I, I like to think. But sometimes we, we push and we do uh critique and we do really want because we want we see potential we want people to shine and um you know we'll offer our opinions and but we want people to be part of this and and treat it as their own and you know the people that have joined us nick recently and andre and and rich and um, and lee and ash you know last year it was you and me um and we've just picked up people through the year and there's room for for plenty more so if you've ever wanted to be on a podcast if you ever wanted to write if this is a great platform for you to get a, an audience to put it out to and to learn your craft and you know, it's never going to be perfect and you'll learn a lot, but you'll also get to have a lot of fun. Absolutely. And, and on a personal note as well, I just want to shout out my wife who supports me and enables me to spend as much time as I do producing stuff for the podcast. Cause I know it's not easy the amount of time we, we throw into this Murph. So yeah, I just, Ems, I appreciate all your support for all of this. Yeah, and same to my amazing wife. She's uh, very supportive of. She knows how much uh, this means to to me and our friendship, and um, you know things like sacrificing time upstairs so that I can get recording when we're remote, and and things like that. Um, our family are incredibly important to us. We we have the motto here that it's family first, and we truly believe that, and we practice it, and as times i've not made it due to family as times you've not made it due to family but there's always one of us and we're always here and you know massive shout out to you man we we put a hard schedule and a lot of hours and a lot of podcasts in i i haven't done the full count but i reckon it's probably in the region of about 120 podcasts this year that's pretty sick man. it's a well, podcast every three days so yeah. uh, it's good i've loved it i've loved every minute uh, yeah, we've we've done some incredible things this year. We've had some incredible people. Um, I guess our one vow to all of you is next year will be better. 
I don't know how, but it will be. We'll keep bringing the heat, man. Listen, we just mentioned family and it's Christmas Day, so how about we hop off and, and spend some time with those guys? Oh, do we have to? Well, I think we should. <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, but listen to everybody who has listened to one episode or uh, a thousand episodes, or even if this is your first episode uh, that you've listened to because you've seen the retweets or someone said, hey, you're a, you're a Texans fan. Listen to this podcast. Get the, get the hashtag. Uh, Merry Christmas. We're so happy you, you listened. We don't get a lot of money to do this. Um, this is really a passion project for for stocks and i um i've said it before um but we just love we love interacting we love meeting people send us messages on facebook uh send us messages on twitter or instagram or write us a five-star review those reviews mean the absolute world to us we we got to a place on the um itunes charts i, I never thought we would get to um last week and it's just incredible um, and that's because you guys write reviews and you guys download and you guys support. So please do keep that up. We do have a Patreon um, page, which appreciates the off season. You won't get much uh, off season advice, but if there is anything that we can help with, then of course we will, but please do support us on that page. Maybe we can put a little tip chart up there. I know you can do that on Patreon. So maybe we can get that up in stocks. And if people want to chip in a, a dollar or two, just anything, just to say thanks for everything this year, then that, that would mean the world to us. It means we can do a, a few things with the pod uh, that we perhaps haven't been able to as of yet. And we can do more giveaways and, and more stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Murph, Merry Christmas to you, big man. Merry Christmas to you, mate. I hope Santa has been kind. I'm sure he, he has. has. He has. And, um, you know, last year, I think we opened presents to each other uh, on the pod. I have not opened mine uh, yet, uh, but I will do. And I will send thanks in, in due course. Um, <laughs> but I do have them. But thank you very much. Uh, okay, you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Right, Rush Nation. That's me and Murph done for 2019. We will catch you on the flip side in 2020. Uh, actually, that's a little bit of a lie. We've got a pre-recorded one for later in the week, but coming to you live from the 5-year-old Rush studio, that's me and Murph clocking off. Rush Nation, until 2020. Don't forget, as always, keep rushing. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.